When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. Ho, 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 ho. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Spoil Mum's Mother's Day. Find gifts seductive 125 mil. 34.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ, Tony Kemp, Louis Himwat and myself from up here in the studio, we've got Jacob in the back doing a fantastic job, Joey's sitting out there doing some work three hours before Smilly, what a good man, good on you Joey, and we've got Keza in the back room too, morning lads, morning to everyone that is joining us here today, Wednesday the 27th of April, we're going to... Nice little solid show for you today. We're going to talk about some rugby. We're going to talk rugby league as well. The Warriors selections. Simple case of flush the dunny and move on. Warriors, they selected their side. Only one change. Edward Corsi going to the bench. They've got uh, a new signing for the rest of the year. Dejan Asi out of the Cowboys. Young 21-year-old from Christchurch. We'll react to that. We're also going to talk about uh, Ian Foster. On Sunday, he was on the breakdown talking about selections and having some sort of continuity in their team selections, giving guys time to build a relationship, build those uh, communications and just a real solid understanding of how each other plays. And uh, looking forward to ripping into that just after 7 o'clock, giving our selection headaches. What are they? Locking, midfield, outsides, pretty much everywhere, <laughs> let's be honest. There are some uh, players that have put their hands up. 
and some players that are probably going to be a little bit disappointed. Uh, we're going to rip into that just after 7 o'clock, and we want to hear from you as well. We're going to open up the phone lines, 0800 150 811. They're open throughout the entire show, but after 7 o'clock, we definitely want to hear from you about the Warriors, about the All Blacks. And then following that, we're going to talk to Mark Chittick, our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. Today we have a big meeting at Hawara. Going to get some tips from Chitty, and uh, I'm sure Kempi will be asking the question about Cinerama. <laughs> Maybe. Have you got something for me? Eh? <laughs> Shall we make the trip? Eh? Cinerama's available. Cinerama's racing this weekend, Kempi. Uh, in a tough race. We'll rip into that. I'll get your reaction to Cinerama ra- racing this weekend at Tarapa. And uh, after 8 o'clock, we're going to give a McCafe coffee catch-up with Bob Herrick, a long-time sports writer for Sports Illustrated, also author of his new book, his new book, Tiger and Phil, and which is key because Phil has signed for the Saudi Rebel event, the Saudi Rebel Golf League. Phil Mickerson has asked for, uh, he's resigned from the PGA, and he's joined the Rebel League with Sergio Garcia. <clears throat> You've also got Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood. They're the European heavyweights willing to risk their Ryder Cup futures by teeing it up in the Rebel League. So we're going to talk to Bob Herrick, who's all over this conversation, this topic, about Phil Mickelson. Well, if there's money involved, Phil's all about it. He uh, loves the cash, as everyone knows. So uh, we'll rip into that just after 8 o'clock. And then to finish the show, we've got Debbie from Property Apprentice because at the moment, property prices and trying to even buy a house is not even an option. Interest rates are flying, inflation's flying. It's a tough old time out there. So we want to get a wee update from Debbie from Property Apprentice to maybe help you uh, give you a bit of update of what's going on in the property world. That is our show for today. Give us a text anytime, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Or give us a call, 0800-150-811 on the Kennards Hire phone line. Going to say morning to Louis Herman Watt and Tony Kent. Morning, boys. Morena, Is he? Kempi, Atamaria? Atamaria, Morena, bro. It's um, actually nice and warm this, <laughs> nice and warm this morning. Is he's just still recovering from the flu jab yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Sorry, boys. Is that a bit loud? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, t- I turned off my mic, <laughs> but everyone else is on. You know oh, the, yes. the idea with the flu jab is you're trying to keep it in you. Yeah. You do yeah. get a little bit of flu from it, though, eh? I think I think it's sort of like you're getting the a little bit of the virus yeah. and, and coping with it. Well, yeah, I th- I th- Felt a little bit warmer this morning. Mm. How's um, the arm? How are oh, the weights yesterday? Mate, f- fine, mine's fine. You two look I like you're to, struggling. I had to twitch. I had to twitch <laughs> all day yesterday. But no, no, was, my arm's a little bit, little bit, little bit sore. But it's not too bad, boys. I got it done and got my option through. But no, I just had a little croak through that whole little intro, and I was just like, I can't just stop and go. Eh, and I did. <laughs> and obviously, everyone else's mics were on, so it kind of echoed through the whole studio. Apologies, lads. But um, how was everyone's day yesterday? Good. I actually took a leaf out of your book, um, mm. and it went for. A, I had a a, a, mes- a massage with my osteopath. Nice. Just, I'm doing a bit of swimming at the moment, mm. and um, isn't it funny how medical professionals like they just can pick you straight away? I was like, oh, just my shoulder, old rugby injury. The shoulder's giving me nightmares up through my neck, and she kind of looked at it. And she's like, "You've been swimming, haven't you?" And I was like, "I have." And she's like, "Since you last saw me," I was like. I have. She's like, I can tell. Just telling the way the rotator cuffs move and where your shoulder ends up. So I gave mm. me some exercises. And I just, I left the osteopath yesterday thinking, shout out my osteopath, Sophia. I left thinking, 
You know what? That is one of those things, unlike punting, where every cent was worth it. Yeah. It's really, that's nice. really good to hear. Send me her number. I will. I'm always looking for good people to go and try, mm. especially with a, you know, a crook try like your, yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try your best with this thing <laughs> and fix it up. But, mate, they're, they're like, they're worth their weight in gold when you find the right one. Honestly, I, I would travel across New Zealand if you found the right person that could um, manipulate your body back into the shape that it should be. Uh, I've got this bloody rib problem where I got kneed in the ribs by old Rocky Turner. Remember that Rocky Turner story I told you? Bugger got me got me back at Sheffield that day. Um, it just pops out every now and then. Mm. It moves and it moved wow. it moved on Monday. Um, and the shoulder injury and the lower back and <laughs> we could do a oh, whole show on. I reckon you're right. I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at Louis when he said that about an osteopath because I I do like the osteopaths and how they manipulate oh, and put you back in. Pressure points. Mate, hard to find a good one. Yeah, honestly, she's she's good. You've got um, Amanda, right? Mandy Magic Hands, we call her. She's living out the back. She's moved into, she bought a cozy home, a little tiny home out the back of our house. So she's moved in. She's all moved. It's such a nice little spot. She's a massage therapist, so she massages all the Crusaders and all the, uh, the All Blacks are in Christchurch or any international right? teams. So she lives out the back. And uh, me, and, me and Daisy just, yeah, we'll try and get an hour and a half every week. And oh, that's awesome. Get a massage and things like that. But, mate. Like when you finish rugby, like during rugby, you kind of just go through it all, and you're the same, Kimpy. My body is wrecked. And yesterday, my surgeon rang me up about my foot. That little moment last year, you, probably, you went here, Kim, but I fell off a motorbike and got two screws in my foot. <laughs> so <laughs> Kimpy probably wouldn't have heard that. Nah, so I haven't so, heard it. So Baz was going away, and uh, you know, it was me, me and Louie in the in the seat, and you know, ready to rip in and just take a little bit of leadership, and you know, just enjoy the next couple of months. Anyway, day one. I think he, he didn't even left. It yet. was Friday. It was Friday. It was Friday. <laughs> Bears finished up Friday morning. Yeah, it was Friday, and I uh, was riding my motorbike. I got a new motorbike, and my neighbour got one, and uh, so he brought him over, and you know, we we're just cruising, and just got a bit excited. Anyway, I was cruising down the the, um, the driveway, and and uh, my neighbour was in front of me, but he went around the corner, but he dropped something, and I was going too fast up the driveway, and yeah, just kind of couldn't couldn't pull out, and. Just yeah, we crashed into each other. Anyway, it was it was a nightmare, and then I had to get two screws in my foot. No, so got two screws put in my foot. It was a long process. I was in a moon boot, I was in cast for eight weeks, maybe ten weeks, and then I had to go moon boot for three. So three months. Just Daisy was not happy, not happy. <laughs> anyway, my surgeon rang me up yesterday. I missed. Um, I was in Auckland, so I, I missed our catch up. How are you? How's it going? I said, oh, it's not, oh, it's all right. It's, you know, it's bearable. But I, I just thought it'd be, you know, like 100%, but it's probably only about 60, 70%. And he's Ooh. like, oh, okay. Mm. He's like, oh, we got to make you got an option here. Mm. We'll go back to square one. Mm. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fuse your foot. No. And uh, that'll that'll get the job done. It'll get it sorted. But you'll be back to square one. You're 10, 10 weeks in a boot oh. and uh, save again. No. I was like, oh. Uh, nah, it's not that bad. I could play golf. <laughs> I, could, nah. I could play golf. But, um, yeah. What's the other option? Bear with Just it. Just bear with it, yeah. Bear with it for now. Because I've got another situation, boys, with my other knee. My right knee, I've got knock knee. Mm. Oh yes, yeah, it's so cooked. it's it's cooked. So both my legs just get are bad. it. Re- okay, so just get it replaced. Mm. It's my my advice. Got been I had knock knees too, and went through that over the last two years, mate. I was eighteen months on crutches because they got the the well, it's called an ostotomy wrong. Put a plate in. It must have been too small. My bones broke the plate off. They had to operate, get it out, unscrew it all, put the plate back in. They got an infection. They had to oh, t- operate keep, again. Please don't. 
take it out. And mate, I've just got back. I'm been off crutches now for about three months. So, mate. Is that why you look like you're staggering around drunk all the time? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just because I'm drunk. All <laughs> oh, right, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's mate. It was. I should have just got the knee. Mm. I should have just got the knee. So um, it's interesting. My advice: don't go for the because you know, I'll say, "Oh, mate, you're young. We can fix it." Well, you know that knock knee. They'll try and bend it out and give you some time. I just wish I had because because while I was doing that, the other knee blew out because I yeah. had both knees and they just replaced it. Well, the replacement's fine. Does it? The replacement's fine, mate. Yeah, See, got no uh, problem whatsoever. I've been talking to uh, the specialists and crusaders, like doctors, and you know, I'm like, yeah, I want to get it done, and they're, they're telling me just to really hang on to this knee, so try and ruin this knee as much as possible, just give it as, as much hope, and then do that surgery you're talking about that not to get. So whereas they they take a chunk out of your leg, put a wedge in it, That's straighten right. it out, put a plate over it. Put it there. And they then, they and ain't then doing that again, mate. I'm 15 telling 15 or 20 years later, I get a new knee. Oh, get right. A new, get a new knee, mate. But, so, but then, well, you. Uh, is mate, the I'm other, 33. I can't get a new knee. Well, you get right a, now? N- another new knee. You know what? It's, I talk and to then some, 20 years later, I'm 53 and I get another, another new, knee. new knee. That's right. Let's give roll them, roll them out. And oh, yeah? you just got to imagine, you just got to imagine what medicine's going to be like in another up. twenty years. Is there, is yeah, there a yeah. two for one deal? Like, can you can I get one now and mate, then half price later? Fano Bodica got two done at once. You know, they don't recommend that you get them done both at once. I, mate, I got my knee the ostomy, I think it's called. Before he got two of his, his knees done, he was up walking before I, mate, before I was actually able to walk. Mm. It's probably doctors sitting here listening, just like. Kimby. Both cracking up and cringing <laughs> at the same time, like this is terrible. No, you know what Kimpy did say that makes sense is think about twenty years from now, mm. Elon Musk has bought Twitter and then he's also bought <laughs> all of the DHBs in the world and yeah. uh ro- we got robots doing their surgeries. It could be just trust the technology. Man, I woke up I'm sorry, Louis. I woke up when you just said that. I woke up while they were putting my new knee in. So I awake? woke up like this. Yeah, oh, look, I woke up and the, the anaesthetist um, <laughs> obviously hadn't given me enough. They they put put a like a, something in my back so I couldn't feel it, and the music was horrible. Like they had the headphones on and the music was it was sort of like Italian opera, <laughs> and I'm like I'm just whacked. I said get that off, like whacked it off, and the next minute I'm just looking up. And the surgeon's sort of looking over the. <laughs> It's over the box. It felt like my legs were up in the air, but they you know, just had my knee. The next minute, I'm shaking around. I can hear the clunking and da da da. And I'm sort of watching him do it throughout the for the for the rest of the operation. You're awake. I was awake, mate. Did they not go? Oh, turn it up. No, knock you out. Didn't, no, didn't they just said me up? I just said hey, get the. You're a special special man. They made a movie out of that thing. <laughs> Called awake. <laughs> yeah, you are. Special. You're one of them. I can imagine it though. Like out of everyone I've ever met in my life, if, you, if I had to pick one person that would wake up during a surgery just to be annoying, it would be yeah. Kimmy. Just, just to keep me out. And I, and I, and I would have been fine if the music was like, better. If I had a bit of shapeshifter. Just, there was this one time up north of England. I met the, the guy that owns Mizuno, and um, <laughs> and he had these golf clubs, and, and all the All Blacks boys jumped off, and they. $10,000. I had to turn right, but I wanted to turn left. And... Oh, I'm going to get that photo, mate. I'm going to get, I'm sure I've got one of those old photos of just all those golf clubs lined up. He texted me the other day. Dave, the Mizuno guy, texted me last Friday. He, te- he texted me from Brisbane. Look what I've done. He texted me from Brisbane and he goes, he goes, mate, 
I'm just so, I'm sitting here on the Gold Coast, sipping on a beer, just looking over the ocean, thinking about you like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got good old day from Mizuno. Mizuno, he's good still... old day from Mizuno. Well, oh, here we go. Surprise, Mizuno's still making clothes. <laughs> no, not, not making footy boots, are they? Nah, no, I hope they not. were my best boots, mate. Yeah, by a country mile. I think they still make them. Don't, don't let on to your age, Gimpy. No, no. <laughs> it's, they, it's a, they still they still have boots, Mizuno. Yeah, I think they still have boots. They you probably just don't make white or green, like mm. lime green. No, they do. They do pink. make some solid boot, but I think the ma- major boots now, Adidas, Essex, Essex, Nike, and Puma. Those would be the top four that you're going to get in the boot selection. But whereas back in the day, it would have been Mizuno, Lotto. Lotto, even yeah. Even the old Slazenger. Oh, <laughs> Brendan Tudor, mate. Brendan Tudor used to love it. You know, we'd get in the Kiwis and we go... Monday would be Sponsors Day, mm. and they would just roll out Essex, Lotto, Mizuno. Uh, Adidas used to sponsor the Kiwis, but they were like, and they'd go, what boots are you wearing, boys? And the boys would go, well, what do you got? You know, It wasn't like the All Blacks where you go on and just get bags and bags of stuff. We had to really battle for ours, but Toots would go, yep, I'll wear your boots. And you, they, he'd do it all morning, and you'd go up in his room, and he's got them all stacked up, mate. He'd just get away everyone's boots. Yeah, nice. And then just decide which ones to wear on the Saturday. Oh, that's fair enough. I, that, so it wasn't all too hard. Oh, I, I, mate. You had options. Come on. Can't be? Cut out what I'm hearing as well. Oh, yeah. Actually, Mizuno or Titleist. Golf. Speaking of golf, uh, Bob Harrig mm. after eight. This is fascinating. So this LIV tour, the, the uh, Saudis of uh, Saudi-backed tour, we're known it's coming for a long time, but I think today is the cutoff where, or yesterday was the cutoff where PGA players, tour players, had to put in their exemption letters to the PGA tour to see if they could get off and out of the tour to play on it. And after Phil Mickelson pretty much said that the PGA tour were greedy, so and so, so and so's, he's now done it, and he's so he's followed through. He hasn't remember he didn't play the Masters, Phil. He's actually the defending PGA Tour champ, uh, PGA Championship yeah. winner. Remember, and he's actually asked for exemption to come back and play those two events, the US Open and That's the PGA. Well, that, right? You reckon they'll they'll allow? I mean, I wouldn't. But then, do you? Is it? It's a terrible look. So, what's a worse look? To let him do it after he's made a mockery of you, or to not have your defending champion there? Oh. And that's the question for Bob Harrig. So mm. after eight o'clock, there's some good stuff this morning, boys. And the and the double eight double three, the Temper Bear Post text machine's lighting up as well about the Warriors and selection. And we're going to do that after seven o'clock again. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We've cleared that block for you again, like we did yesterday. We want to hear from you on the on the Kenatire phone line. So keep your messages coming in, but we're going to pile it all, funnel it all into that part of the show, and we're going to unleash, well, Kimpy's going to unleash, wake up on the anaesthetist table and really get stuck in about the Warriors selection. It's 20 minutes past 6 o'clock. The All Blacks test schedule and the Black Ferns test schedule has been announced. We're going to take a run through that and see which lucky regions of Aotearoa are getting some test match footy this year. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Spoil mum this Mother's Day. Find Kylie Minogue darling 75 mil, 29.99 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 25 minutes past 6 o'clock, 27th of April. Great to have your company this morning. Good morning, team. I just want to say a massive thanks to Musashi, good sort of chalky prize pack that arrived yesterday and Chemist Warehouse. It is awesome and will be used well if I can get it back from the wife. <laughs> Thanks to Miss Ashley Kim's house and ECNZ. Boys, always great to listen each day. That's from Mark on double eight double three. Mark, good man, and glad we could look after you with the good sort of chalky this Easter. Um boys, 
the international rugby schedule was released yesterday. Really interesting from an All Blacks perspective. We'll get to that in a bit. But actually for a Black Ferns perspective as well, because it's a World Cup year, we spent a lot of last week talking about culture and what sort of challenge they have. They've got five test matches to prepare. They've got the I've got Australia in June, they've got Canada in June, they've got the States in June, and then they've got two more test matches against uh, Australia in the Laurie O'Reilly series uh, back towards the end of August. Meanwhile, the Women's Six Nations going on with 13,000 screaming fans <laughs> up north. Is there, is there a disparity, like we've been saying again, about the intensity of women's rugby at the moment? Uh, look, yeah. The, well, it was, uh, Wayne Smith's already spoken about they're about two years behind in the professional era with, with our Kiwi girls. You see what's happening over in, in the UK. They're selling out stadiums. They're just on a different level. Um, you know, And that's because they've had a product in front of them. They've had a... Um, a backing from their their home nations, their unions that have been right behind them from the get go. They've had solid competitions, and that just showcases maybe there was a text on Monday actually about the dual competition and with the women's competition over in Australia, Fijiana Drua um, beating the Waratahs in the final, and you know that, I thought that was a successful competition, and maybe intertwining that together with our girls would go a long way to building that professional team, not just having a a little competition just because we should have one, um, actually buy into it, give them mm. the benefits, and then that'll go a long way. But, mate, they're right up against it. They've got five games before they head off to the World Cup. Is that Smithy- enough? Oh, look, it's probably not enough. No, definitely not enough. Um, they need they need time to actually play those top sides. They're not going to get an opportunity to play them. Their biggest test will probably be Canada, if I'm looking at that. Canada be their hardest test in those first three games. Whether that's a test that'll get them up to the UK standard, no, definitely not. So it's not enough, but it is what it is. They've got time. They've got to have that belief. And I'm, what I'm seeing from the social media from a couple of the girls that are in there, ticking all the right boxes. You know, they're, they're believing. They've got. They're inspired from what um, Smithy's done with them, particularly Chelsea Alley. I'm, I'm talking on, and and you get the sense that they've they've turned the corner with the um, Glenn Moore situation. Now they're they're just building towards that. Um, decision making coming the end of the couple of months when they're going to pick this squad to go over and, and well to represent us at the World Cup so right up against it Kempi it's going to be a, a tough ask for the girls for what I'm seeing over in the UK for sure but if anyone can do it Smithy can inspire and get them to where they need to be yeah <clears throat> I'll talk a little bit about the Smithy and the English coach Simon Middleton like um, I watched the English girls play Ireland on the weekend just to have a look at you know what the English size like. Geez, they're big, big mm. and fast, and they're pretty brutal. They don't take any prisoners. You know, um, so you've got to really match them in their physicality stakes. And I hopefully Smithy, you know, with our girls in the Polynesian um, base that they got, they can actually f- um, muscle up and phys- physical up. Um, but just on the coaching side of things, like Simon Middleton, mate, played with me at Castleford. He's a winger. Um, Another winger in a coaches or another, a commentary spot, mate. And you know, I, it got me thinking about the coaching at that time of that castle. We had a really good castle side. We we towed Wigan up in a, one of the Regal Trophy finals up there when they had the great side with um, all of the players, the, the Fires, and you know all them all them guys. Um, and in this Castleford side, we had Simon Middleton, who now coaches England uh, women. Where Mike Ford. The the English uh, Irish uh, Bath coach who's who's there. We had Graham Steadman, who went back to rugby union and co- coached and helped um, that side out. Um, and all of these guys that have just sort of come out of rugby league and gone back into rugby union and done a really good job up there taking the Europeans. But Simon Middleton, mate, would have been the last person 
I would have thought had a had a like a a high performance team performing as the favourites going into the World Cup. So hopefully, you know, um, well, I reckon one day we should get Simon on, mate, just to talk to him and. And we might be able to get a little bit of bully out of him for mm. Smithy. Yeah, love it. No, I think we should. I think we should definitely do that. Double eight, double three. Great show, book uh, guys. Is there any? Is there an away test schedule? Is the Bledisloe Cup a one-off? Are we playing the Springboks from Jamie? No, there it definitely is not a one-off. The the Bledisloe Cup, we do have just the one in New Zealand, but yep. they will obviously have two in Australia. They have two away. They have two away, and we're playing South Africa twice in South Africa. There's, uh, I think it's um, Durban. No, correct me if I'm wrong. There's one. There's a, a play stadium I've never played. Right. And I can't get the name. It's just outside of Pretoria. I know exactly where it is, but I've never played there. So they're going to a new kind of hunting ground for South Africa. What are, what are your thoughts? Is? What are your we'll, thoughts? We'll, we'll do that after this. We'll head off to Araha and we'll come back and we'll, we'll get through the All Blacks test schedule. It is 29 away from seven. We'll get to that on the back. Great text. Jamie, here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. SENZ 27 away from 7 this morning. Great passage, passionate messages about the Warriors and selection. After 7 o'clock, 0800 150 811. The Kenart's phone line is all yours. We're going to go into depth. Kempi off the anesthetist table again to get stuck in. But before we get to loveracing.nz, we're going to go through the All Blacks tests uh, for this year. They do have tests where we left. They do have, of course, this Ireland series. Auckland, Dunedin, Wellington through July. We have uh, two games against Argentina. One, the Garden City gets test match rugby yes. again, Daggy. Mm. And it's still in the Scaffold Stadium. It is still in the Scaffold Stadium, mate. I might take my spade down and dig a hole at the new spot because no one else is. No. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll come down and join you. Why don't we knock down the cathedral and build a new one while we're at it? There we go, mate. Things to do. Um, and just the one... Test against the Wallabies, of course, uh, at Eden Park on the 24th of September. So we'll have two tests in Australia. And then in South Africa, you're right, it's Alice Park, is he? Mm. And this new place in Bob Bala Stadium in Nelspruit. Mm. Never, never heard of it. I've, I've, I've Googled it and it's just outside of Pretoria. It's a new ground. They've never played a test match there, the All Blacks. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think they're trying to shake things up with South Africa. And you asked the question, Ken, before we went off about South Africa. And wow, with them not being in Super Rugby and being over in the U uh, in the UK competition with Leinster Stormers, I'm just having a look at the table now. You got Leinster at the top, Stormers are sitting in second place. You got Sharks sitting in fourth, and then you got the Bulls in the eight to round out the eight. So yeah, it's an inf- interesting scenario that we've got going on with South Africa because we're down here and we're playing Australia and and a team that you know we get so. Com- comfortable with playing every single week. They play a different brand of rugby, probably not as physical, and and as big uh, kind of physical stature as the the South African players. So my only concern is when we play South Africa, because we know it's style, style rugby with Ken Laban on mm. Monday. What they bring, they bring a real presence, a real uncompromising kind of style of rugby. They're pretty direct, where the All Blacks haven't been able to face that. They play a real mobile game down under. So that's my only concern, is if we can match them physically. Because in the last couple of years, that's where we've been dominated. We've always had the game plan to outskill them and outplay them. But when it comes down to like set piece, physically winning the game line, the tackle area, that's where we've struggled. Mm. So that's my only concern with us playing Aussies all the time 
and not having the opportunity to play South Africa, we're going to miss that. And we and we saw that last year with the, with the trip up to Ireland and and South Africa before we went up. Uh, and France at the back end of it. The, the South Africans, it might be a masterstroke, mate, for mm. them going back up to that Northern Hemisphere competition to get that hardened football before they go into the World Cup. So um, I hear what you're saying. I hear what Kenny's saying. It's going to be, I think, this year that trip is going to be really telling for the All Blacks and whether or not they stick with that system that you said, that pod system that, that doesn't work for them, mm. or they actually say, well, what are we going to actually do to... to to harden our players because we're not getting the heart, that type of football down here. Let's follow this conversation up just before 7.30 this morning because Ian Foster made a comment on the breakdown on Sunday night about selections this year looking towards the World Cup mm. and maybe what they did wrong four years ago. So we'll come back to that. One last text, what if Ireland roll us? Uh, that came through after you said, my only concern <laughs> is South Africa. Well, yeah, that is a deep concern of mine. They won't roll us. They no, not us. at the back they end of the They won't roll us. They're going to the end of their season. They just want a holiday straight after. No, I, I can't see Ireland. Look, they've Clip always it. tested us, Clip but it. I can't see them rolling us in New Zealand. Love it. And we've, mm. the beauty is we've got, what's that, July? We've got a whole couple of months to really ramp Clip into it. it. And if, if I'm wrong, I'll eat my hat in July after the June series, but I can't see them coming here. You got that, Jacob? Us. Did you take that? Grant Fox's last time in selection seat. You've seen Joe Smith taking over after that. I think Joe Smith will be there in June and he'll just have a bit more of an influence than we're going to see. Oh, I wonder what sort of hat he's going to eat. All right. Loveracing.nz <laughs> is your, your home for What's that little rod and gun, is it? Hey, hey it's weathered, mate. Oh, weathered. It's nice, weathered. Um, you duck hunter. He loves a hat. <laughs> yeah. He loves, he loves Ooh, a hat, Louis. Counting down the days. Uh, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred. Racing, news, reviews, previews, the lot. Boys, today we're racing at Harwada. It will be a heavy track. Right now it's only sitting at an eight which I can be, I can deal with in the CD. It's not that bad. And eight, um, I think there's a couple of bets here today. And, and after 7.40, we'll catch up with Mark Chittick, a Waikato stud, uh, stud master. He's a great racing man. And in his famous Waikato stud colours today, there's actually a couple going around. One in particular I want to highlight because we've spent a lot of time talking about this mare, Ideal. In race number eight, Seven ideal trained by Alan Sharrick. Uh, he trained the dam I do, and she won the Tarzino Trophy or the McAfee Challenge Stakes. It was back then, so she was a super super race mare. In turn, has become just a star of the breeding barn. She's um, left Kiss the Bride, another winner previously, and now I do. Alan had to be very patient with this mare. She had a lot of issues. She's four years old. She's only had the three starts, but when she hit the scene, we tipped her out that day. She ran a second, then she won, then she's run a third last start. Now, the key is, who beat her last start at Awapuni when she SP'd at $2.80? Al Vincidor and Power and Passion. Power and Passion ran a nice race on Anzac on uh, Sunday just gone, and on the Saturday just gone, Al Vincidor won a really, really strong race at Counties, at Pukekohe there, beating home the likes of Apostrophe, Supreme Khan. I think Al Vincidor was a nice mare, and I think Ideal in start number four at $2.80 is a uh, get-a-fistful sort of occasion. So we can double-check that with Mark Chittick. Kempi, is there any bully out of Taranaki? I just wins. <laughs> get on to your nosebleeds. <laughs> Responsibly. Oh, no, it's a look at Alan, Alan, you know, I spoke to Al yesterday, he likes it. he's got a couple running this week, obviously Cinerama's coming back and Tavitak's are also having another run this weekend. So, so you'll be heading down the highway to Tarapa this weekend, Kimpy. Cut it out. Yeah, yeah, nah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, why wouldn't you be? Oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm I've never heard a horse owner 
to be I mean, so deflated <laughs> in my well, entire when the noms hunting life in that's seven months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, like, come on, come on, fellas. I'm sitting nice. across someone that's just... He's got all these war stories about knees and... Was Nathan Brown talking about you when he said I'm they just it, gave up? No, I'm keeping it in private. Now, imagine you after it's the Warriors game on Monday. Imagine you on the, the change room, you'd be little sitting there uh, on your shoulders yeah, and your no, knees. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> that type of coach that kicked chairs and put holes in walls. <laughs> just um, for context. It's because to illicit has uh, <laughs> just for contact. You know what? What are we talking about? Kempi's or Cinerama looking to finish your career with a bit of Group Two and the Travis Stakes. Well, look who's showing up to illicit, who is probably one of New Zealand's top six or seven horses, and um, she's also looking to finish her career with some black types. So it's a tough assignment, Kempi. It is a tough assignment, and yeah, I haven't I haven't decided yet. Do I'm, you want me to get on to illicit? Yeah, God, please. <laughs> I'll do that I actually didn't even think about that. I'll do that There's the answer. You've got the greatest whiff ever. There's the answer. I'll do that for you. I'll give you the money to punt it. <laughs> there you go. That's how we do the deals here. Uh, just one other one. I'd watch at Harwater today. It's short enough. Invisible spirit. I know the, the Benna Winyard team have had a slower season, but look, Titled got it right and ran a nice second in the weekend. This thing loves it fresh up. It's not going to have any issue with the heavy track at all. So it's $2.70. You can maybe chuck that into a multi with Ideal. I just, you know, the All Blacks are playing at Sky Stadium. Horrible, horrible hunting ground for them. Wellington. Wellington. Terrible. They've had a, they've had a ter- horrible, uh, like outing in, in Wellington, I think I lost. Yeah, three there. Drew a Lions game there. Drew a Lions game. South, South Africa, Africa twice. It's a uh, it's a it's a tough old hunting ground for the All Blacks. They're playing Ireland there in, in match three. I I can't see them losing Eden Park. Can't <laughs> see them losing Forsyth Bar. <laughs> I can't see them beating the All Blacks, but. If there's going to be an upset at Sky Stadium. All right. We're going to go decide what sort of hat is he's going to eat. In the meantime, 0800 Quizzy Dag after this. Give us a call for a $50 TAB bonus bet. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150. 8 11. Gonna go. Now give us a call. Morning, morning, morning. Quizzy Dag time. I'm gonna give some of you 50 bucks TAB bonus bet. Courtesy of our good friends, Paulie Moati. Definitely not Paulie. He likes take. He don't give. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna give it uh, to Brett. He's gonna open up the batting today. Cuzzy. Cuzzy Brett. Morning, brother. Morena, Kato. Morena, Morena. How are ya? Oh, kapoi, kapoi. Awesome, How awesome. How are you boys doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Good to be in the studio and see the lads having a good old time up here in Auckland, brother. But we'll rip into it, mate. Good luck. Which team swept the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the NBA playoffs? 
Oh, Boston. Yes. Ooh, old Larry hey. Bird. Old Larry Bird country. <laughs> Lazar. All right, question number two. F1 driver George Russell drives for which team? Uh, Mercedes. Yeah. Uncle's on a heater. Let's go. Question number three. Which EPL team sits at the bottom of the table? Ooh. I, I don't know. Uh, so we go... Uh, not quarter tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Love your honesty, Brett. Love it, mate. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, here we go. Brett, uh, Trent. Trent. Morning, Trent. How we going, boys? Good, mate. Good. Question number three. Which EPL team sits at the bottom of the table? Well, shit, uh, let's find a friend, eh? The Canaries. The Canaries? <laughs> the Canaries. That's, that's what they're called. Five, four. Think of the colour. Three. Green well, and yellow. Let's just go, uh, Two. Um, one. No, it's not Everton, but we'll say Everton. Yeah, it's not Everton. Hello. Sorry, Trent, mate. Have a good day. We're going to go to Ed. It's Olaga. Ed. Morena. Morena, my brother. Yeah. Morena. <laughs> Question number three, Ed. Which EPL team sits at the bottom of the table? Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the, other that's end. the wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> the other end, Ed. Oh, you're a crack up. Love it. Have a good day, Ed. Thanks, brother. We're going to go to Tim in Christchurch. How are you going, lads? Yeah, we're good. We're good, mate. It's not Liverpool. Which EPL's team sits at the bottom of the table? <laughs> I wish it was Liverpool, but it's Norwich. Yes, it's Norwich. Well done. All right, question number four. Who have the Warriors signed to the end of the 2022 season? Oh, Five. Uh, can, I, can I find a friend? You can have a phone a friend. Uh, his first name's a mustard. Uh, mustard. Five, um, four. Tough question. Reese Walsh. One. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Reese Walsh. What's that mustard taste like? Let's get some of that on our pork salad, salad sandwiches, eh? Oh, sorry, Timmy. <laughs> Have a good day, mate. Brenton, morning. Morning, brother. Morning, Brenton. What, who have the Warriors signed till the end of the 2022 season? Dijon Asi. Yeah. Dijon Mustard. Dijon. All right, question number five. From the Cowboys? Yeah, from the Cowboys out of Christchurch. New Zealand's only medal at the Paris Olympics in 1924 was a bronze won by Arthur Porritt. What event was this in? Five. What year was it? 1923. 24. Can I phone a friend? Chariots of Fire. I don't know. What was that? Chariots of Fire. Kempe? Five. Chariots of Fire. Four. Three. Chariot to fire. Uh, horsing. Uh, uh, what's the badminton? What? The horse one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not, I don't even know nah. what the ultimate is. I don't even know. There's a clue, Uncle. Oh wow. Just think of a chariot, mate. Yeah, I do. What don't about think a fire? of a coliseum. What about a fire? <laughs> think about a chariot. Think about uh, a fire. Chariot. Lightning a, bolt. Luke I'm from saying Dunedin. chariots of fire. Luke. What was he good at? Martin of fire. Luke from Dunedin. 100 metres. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
See, everyone thought it was a horse and a cart, but it was chariots of fire. Oh, fire. I'm glad, Luke, that you could decipher what Kimpy was yeah. trying to say. The mustard oh, one was sorry. out. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. <laughs> Did you get the mustard one? Uh, yep. There you <laughs> go, boys. There Dijon. you go. All right, Luke. Well done, mate. Spend that wisely and have some mustard on your cheese toasty this morning for Bricky. Seven away from seven. That's Quizzy Dag. After this, couple of texts before we head off to the top of the hour. Spoil Mum this Mother's Day. Find YSL Parisian 90 mil, 119.99 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Coming up 7am this morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz's cold cutter night riders are in action on a Friday morning, so in a couple of days he'll be preparing for that. Here's a text on double eight double three, Kimpy, which relates to uh, the, this opening of the show where I said that my shoulder is a little bit messed That's up. It's really from, interesting too. From swimming. It's really interesting. It's obviously a very, very big fan of yours. It starts Maybe by saying this, Louis Darling. For a while, please try a floater board in your fingertips with arms out front. Breathe side to side and kick up and down the lanes. Give the rotator cuff a good rest, darling. Take magnesium tablets. Ease back into freestyle half a length at a session slowly. Who I mean, is that? Is it? Who I, I, is that? I've run the number on it. Don't know. <laughs> leave, your, leave your name. Um, because it's great advice, and I think that's what I should be doing. Instead of thrashing the shoulders in that freestyle, or maybe I'll go for a little bit of breaststroke as well. Just that side to side. Appreciate that. Heaps of texts here about the Warriors. So they've named their side, Kempi, for this weekend. This is the thing about the NRL. Sometimes you just don't have time to stop and think. you just got to forge on. Day two of that hangover of that historic and woeful hiding on Sunday, Monday night. What will they be feeling like in camp today? How will they be rebuilding? Sore. Yeah, like my shoulder. We'll get into that after this. 0800 811. That's the Ken Tire phone line. Any thoughts on the Warriors team being named? Come through. Have a chat to Kempe. We're off to find some McCafe coffees. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Spoil mum this Mother's Day. Find YSL Paration 90 mil. 119.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Wednesday the 27th of April. We're heading to the end of April, right into the start of May. You know what May the 1st means, Louis? May the 1st means you're going to get out there and... First weekend of May, duck shooting season. Yeah, mate. It's rural Christmas, they call it. Yes, you're right. I've been about May. I know you're going to... Um, it's something you look forward to every year, so... Look forward to hearing your stories after May the 1st, mate. Uh, may the force be with you, eh? Good luck. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway, come giving Louie the... Louis a shotgun. Yeah. Mm, a bit dangerous. Oof, hell. Anyway, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk to Mark Chirik, Waikato Stud Racing Preview. Today, we have a big meeting at Hawera. Going to get some tips and some grave from him, and I'm sure Kempi will talk to him about Cinerama. She's racing this Saturday against Toalissa. He's deflated, but I told him I'm going to back Toalissa, so probably stop Toalissa from, from winning. There you go, <laughs> you mate. I'll do something for you. And then after eight, McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. Bob Herrick uh, is a long-time sports writer for Sports Illustrated, and he's an author of his new book, Tiger and Phil, which is out now, Louis. Is it out now? Yes, on Amazon. You can yeah, grab it. It's out now on Amazon, and you can grab that book. And we're going to ask him about the current topic with Phil leaving the PGA and going and played in the LIV uh, Rebel League, backed by Saudi Arabia. With um, you got Westwood, Lee Westwood. You got Ian Poulter have joined already. So it's a, it's a topical conversation. He's already committed to playing in the PGA Championship where he is defending champion and the US Open. be interesting to see if whether the PGA committee um, allow him to do so. Anyway, that is our show for after 8 o'clock. Right now, we're going to ask for some callers. 0800 about the Warriors. The Warriors team has been named. They have made some changes, and I'm going to ask you this question from the text machine, Kempe. Good morning, Kempe. What's your thoughts on the Warriors' changed lineup? Thoughts on Rocco Berry and Vialia on the wings as they are centres? Do you think Ben Murdoch, Masilak comes into the lineup named on the extended bench as an impact player? That is from Ryan, a big Warriors fan. Yeah, look, I, that's a really good question. I, th- I think you, you can't go across um, Murdoch Masala for impact. You know, you're... Having Jake Murchie on the on the bench doesn't really give you enough of that uh, X factor. Mm. Um, Katoa comes back because I've lost Penny, um, you know, to injury. So, you know, Katoa's been playing okay. He's, I see that they've moved him from the edge to a, as a middle player now, so he's filling that gap of the big guys. Bunty of four, I think, is lucky to hold his position. I thought defensively he was pretty poor on the weekend. The other changes on the wing, the, like changing both wingers out is really interesting. Mm. Now, Kossi had one of those nights. You know what I mean? It, for me, um, I see that he's named as 18th man, but Brownie's probably thinking that he, he needs some time to recover. And I hope it's just that, because the kid's been going okay. Mm. Um, but just, you know, they had, to, they had to do something there. But they bring in uh, Viliami Vailea. Now, he's 110 kilos. He's two metres tall. Mm. Um, he's got big wraps on him through through the system here in New Zealand. And people have, people actually wanted to see more of him last year. Mm. So that's a real interesting um, selection there. A big man, get our yardage going forward. That's a you know that's a given. Uh, sometimes I think we, we rely too much on big players. I think that our wingers should be like more like the Fox, mm. you know, get yeah. some speed in there. And Rocco Berry comes back and, and having Rocco Berry in there covers your centres. I thought Jesse Arthur's the was the other one who who was really lucky to hold his position. Mm. You know, he was um, given a given a, a toweling by the the young Papua New Guinean centre um, or yep. for Melbourne on the weekend. So again, you know, you you got to be careful of making too many changes. You know, the spine didn't work. The other the, I spoke to about it yesterday. Oh, like I'd move Sean around. I'd sw- I'd sw- I'd switch him. You know, put him put him to second receiver. Um, get him to play play the position that uh, channel. Uh, Harris Tavita plays mm. and and move a, move a seven in there. Get get them to take. I looked at the stats on Sean. He only kicked the ball twice on the weekend. Um, 
Admittedly, one of them led to a try. Yep. You know, with that with that bounce of the ball, that was funny, wasn't it? When the um, commentators are saying, you know, oh, shocking get, bounce, shocking. Well, that's a rugby ball, man. Yeah, it's not a soccer ball. It doesn't <laughs> bounce straight up in the air. Um, but you know, that's uh, for me. It's not more about the changes when you look at uh, about this game. You have a look at the game and the importance of this game. Canberra sit below them. Mm. Now, Ricky Stewart's in the same boat. You know, they they haven't been playing very well too. They're really, really. You know, sporadic in their in their effort this year, can't seem to get them flying. But you know, they've made some changes too. Xavier Savage comes back in the young in, in the wing. I, I think Xavier Savage will go to fullback. Jordan Upon will play in the wing. Yep. Um, but you know, the the biggest difference here is the halves. Jack Whiten, I think, is the key to Canberra, and Sean Johnson this weekend is the key to the Warriors. Now, whoever wins that battle, I think everyone else. You know, Aidan Fanua, Blake, and Josh Papali, they lock each other out. You know, Matthew Hodge, Joseph Tapani. Like Joseph Tapani, I, I tried to get um, Jim Doyle to sign him when he was a kid. I saw him do the um, the the beat test or whatever you call it, what you guys do these days. Yo-yo. Yo-yo test. Mm. Mate, blew it out of the water down in Rotorua at a camp that I held down there. And I phoned, I phoned the Warriors and I said, mate, there's a kid down here called Joseph Tarpany. He's looking to play. He's first time... Um, coming coming back, ended up in Newcastle. They obviously left it in the voicemail. They, did. <laughs> well, you know, come on. So man. they they yeah they I think the Fords cutting them out. And the other part with the Warriors that is really lacking is their edge players. Mm. You know, you and Aiken and Bailey Surinan don't do it for me. You know, you have a look at Kikau. You know, like I've said, I've said it so many times last year. Like, pick a strike back rower yeah. and put him out there to allow that. It's not about the strike back rower. It's about the defenders that are around him mm. and worried about that strike back rower, which it. allows your halfbacks to run, which mm. allows your centers more space and puts a focus on one player. Now, if me and you were defending out there in the centers and we had Bailey Surinan and Ewan Aiken running yeah. at us, not like, a natural he, threat. Take care of him, will you? I don't even have to worry about him. You mm. just you sort of are. If it's kick out running at me and you, me and you are going, mate, get over here and give us a hand with this big dude. You know what I mean? So I just think the back row struggles at the moment. That's, for me, where they need to go to. Everyone's talking about the edges and the and the centres and the wingers. No, no, it starts one more player in, and it's the edge back row. So do we have the personnel? Obviously, we've got a lot of injuries in the Warriors. Do we have the personnel? Give us a call, 0800-150-811 on the Ken Tire phone line. Give us a call. If you agree with Uncle's comments or you disagree, let us know on the on the phone line. We'd love to hear from you. But do they have the personnel, Uncle? They've got, you know, those are the, those are the what's at their dispose right now. Is there anyone else waiting in the in the ranks that can come in and potentially fill that role on the edge? Yeah, look, Tohu Harris is, is obviously the edge the edge mm. player that so can play on that right edge. He's meant to be then. meant to be back mid season. Mm. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's need that's him. true. We need him. Look, I thought I thought Katoa last year was a real good um, left edge player, and but mate, you can you can rotate Katoa and Ben Ben Masala over over periods of time. Like get away from this. You know, I've got to have the the eighty minute front row. I've got to have the the hooker sitting on the bench. What you've got to have is you've got to have t- players mm. in your team that are the better players that are going to win your football game. Kempi, a couple of great texts here. The Warriors should be made to watch full replay of the nineteen ninety eight ANZAC test every day for the rest of the week. Um, that, <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, you do every day. Yeah, and I wasn't even planning it. So that's responding to my message about what would day two hangover be like after that hiding. Sean Johnson is the key to the Warriors. Now, where have I heard that before? That's from Gig. That's kind of like yesterday. If Sean Johnson's the answer, what is the question? Well, let's remove the name. <laughs> that is a great one. Let's remove the name. Let's mm. remove Sean Johnson and let's put 
marquee player. Okay, so let's go to every club. The marquee player is the key to the to the team. Now, where have I heard that before? Well, Pep Pepenhausen, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Yep, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, um, Tom Trebojevic, uh, You know, and the list goes on and on. What we're saying is, your marquee player is the key. Mm. That's why you pay them the big dollars. So for Johnson, I know you've touched on it. We we you looked at the stats and you rattled them off uh, earlier. You said caught the ball twenty nine times. Caught the ball. He, he had he, he had the ball thirty one times. He passed it twenty nine. Passed twenty nine. Yeah. So that just shows he's not an actual genuine threat. And that's what we spoke about the other day. Teams know that Johnson the now is probably going to be a bit more of a distributor. So he's actually not a genuine threat on the other side of the ball. See, I remember my dad. My dad coached me when I was a kid, and I remember him saying to me distinctly, distinctly saying to me, "Don't pass the ball all the time." Okay, you've got to run, mate. You've got to have a crack, you know. And he would say to me, because when you pass it all the time, the defence will just slide off you. But when you run, you'll put them in two minds. Like carry that ball out in front of you, and you just run. And what happens to a defensive line when you when you're catching it 31 times, you're passing it 29 times. You're making it so much easier on the defensive line. So, you know, he needs to he needs to start getting tackled. He does. And Kimpy, you make a really good point. Well, your old man makes a really good point. And, and it's like, like this across any sport, is he? You know, the players that get the big money and take off the salary cap are the dual threat or the triple threat players. Mm. No, just pure shooter in the NBA makes $100 million, gets a $100 million contract. You have to be able to do more than one thing. And, geez, this, you've, got, you've, <laughs> you've stoked a fire, Kimpy. <laughs> Name a team that would have Brownie as an assistant, let alone head coach. He sucks. That's from Frazee on double eight, double three. Well, you haven't mixed the messages there. What about this? Would Toru Harris be that player you're talking about? Well, Toru Harris, yeah. Toru Harris on the edge he is, mm. 100%. You know, whether he comes back from a you know, major knee injury and, and is that same player, um, who, who knows? But he's had plenty of time to rest up and get ready and and become that strike player mid-season. I just hope that by that time that he does come back that the Warriors haven't missed too much of the, of the, the season and mm. let too much of the season slip. Like, you really need to finish in the four. Mm. You know, just think about it logically. Sixteen teams, you and you got to win half your games. You get in the eight. Like it's a pretty easy, easy um, number, isn't it? When you're breaking, when you're breaking it down to make the eight. But unfortunately, from five, six, seven, and eight, they don't win the final. Mm. Well, it's a, one to four. Without a monkey, be easy this weekend. Like day two after that hiding. Like, is there any room to dwell and to get stuck in the weeds about what went on against Melbourne? Or is this weekend against Canberra, which is a winnable game, is this, should every little bit of your juice of energy just be going into win this week? They have to, yeah. They've got to move on quick. It's coming up. You know, it's only a couple of days out. They've already named their side, so they know, the guys know what who's getting an opportunity to right the wrong. And... Um, yeah, you, you can't dwell on this competition. Look, it'll be interesting to see what's unfolded over the last day, day and a bit. If there had been the tough conversations, we know Nathan Brown come out and said well, he's got to ask some things, and he, the media asked, and he didn't really explain himself. So, look, be interesting to see if anything has eventuated. They've asked the hard questions. They've put people on the spot. Um, they've only made one change. And, uh, yeah, so, look, it's a simple case. They've got to move on. This is a winnable game against a, a tough outfit, the Canberra Raiders. Um, but I want to ask you, Kempi, the question about Edward Corsi, the young man. Um, obviously, he had a night to forget. Can what, how would you approach this situation, mate? Like, how would you approach? I mean, I would, have, I would have let him play. You would have given another hundred percent. That one game didn't define um, mm. Edward Corsi. Then, and yes, he, he deserved to be dropped. But it, you, you've got to think about long term. What what that's going to do to him? 
So and we've had, we've seen it all before. Manu Vatova had the same game. Mm. You know, what I mean, he came back, ended up scoring 10, you know, 10 tries for ten years every season. You know, after that after that effort. So I think I think you know I woke up this morning thinking, geez, I hope they haven't dropped Cossie, but they did. Um, they got him as 18th man, so he possibly could still play. But mm. yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on this one point. You know, in the first three years, me and Ando had the Warriors team. The the, the this and Louis said it before. Um, about Melbourne is you get them fit, you get them even fitter, and you just get them like running out of their skin. So they're ready to comp. That was that was our main thing. Like get the Warriors fit when we took over the big Ali Lau TDs, of the Clintons, the Jerry Seusers. So we we flogged them, and we got them really really fit. There, those days with no GPS, you know, it was just I and and how you guys feeling wearing heart rate monitors. But when they lost, okay, me and Ando, we we never played our cards. They knew we weren't happy. And we put them in a sand pit. So we built the sand pit at the back of the state, at the back of the state and stadium Old here. School lover. Out Mount Smart, we got the tractor in by the with the guys at the ground, and they said, "They, they said, oh, what, what, what are you doing that piece of grass?" They said, "Oh, nothing." I said, "Can we put a sand pit in there?" Well, like like at primary school, where you don't a bring primary, your white broom a pri- hat. A primary to- school sand pit. Yeah, yeah. primary yeah. school sand pit. But it was like ten meters long by ten meters wide. It was could only fit two players, two players defending and one runner. And they knew, mate. They the boy. And you talk to Monty. You talk to anybody about it. They knew when they were heading to the sand pit. Now, like on Monday after that game, for instance, they were going to the sand pit. Yeah. And what we needed to get into them straight away was that effort ain't good enough. Now you're going to take it out on each other, and we'd line them all up, and we'd put the young kids in the in the in the sand pit with them who didn't play, like the Frank Paul Nuisalas that came on, the Ben Matalinos, the, the Russell Packers, and they'd bash them, mate. Mm. And Monty and Monty and Jerry and Ali would have to carry the ball, and we'd just stand there and say, right, carry the football, and then get the young boys and get into them. Love it. Yeah, love it. And what that did was it got them ready again for the next week. Mm. You know, not so have s- the Warriors done that? Have Nathan Brown no, done anything like mate, that or what? Mate, or nah? These days are no, too soft. Back to the room, sort of put stuff. the PlayStation on and move on. That's right. Mm. I, I don't know if it's that, but I do know that it's not that. It's it's not what Kimpy's saying, mm. and it's somewhere in between. What Nathan Brown said about some people didn't try and Harry's going to deal with it, that's for him to do. I'm sceptical that there will be much done in camp. Same. This week, I'm thinking it's actually probably just throw it out the back door, open the boot, and let's just get this winning against Mate, Canberra. I'm, th- I'm thinking seriously, and, and we'll probably touch on this in the next month, I think there's something else going on. Seriously, I think there's something else playing out in the background. So I think there's, you know, because an effort for me... social distancing. Well, mm. For me, <laughs> the way that they, ca- they capitulated and the way that players gave in says that there's something not quite right. All right, Kempi, hold that thought. Some great texts here on double eight, double three, including somebody who is, I'm not kidding, gone up and made a Warriors team out of uh, bench players for the All Blacks. So we're going to have to get to that after this. <laughs> you guys are crack up on double eight, double three. Give us a call. There's a spot right here for you, 0800 150 What's the mood in Warriors camp today? And do, have they done the right thing by just, and they had to name the, the side, but just let's just move on. Let's just move on. You tell us. It's 19 minutes past 7 o'clock here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 24 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Thank you for all of your texts coming in. Double eight, double three. Loving it on your way to work. Here's one for you, boys. 2000. St. George Illawarra lost 70-10 to Storm. The captain was Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown, 2022. 70 to 10 to Storm as coach. It looks like he might be the only player in NRL history that has had that happen. And then when you've got texts coming through, like we need a hard-nosed coach like Tuvi, 
it's pretty uncomfortable going for Nathan Brown at the moment. I feel for him because he couldn't make those tackles. He wasn't the one out there. But there's clearly some sort of disconnect, is he? There is some sort of disconnect. And we spoke about it, I think it was about three or four weeks about the training. You know, when they weren't converting their opportunities, they kept dropping the ball and not having really that, that real edge there. And it just kind of sounds like Brownie kind of hasn't really got the edge to be able to provide that at training. And I know you've been involved, Kempi, and we've had coaches that have been able to provide that edge. My question is... Do the how do the players react when when you get the hard questions asked of them? You know, because a lot of teams there are some coaches out there that have, that have had that about them, but when they've asked the hard questions, the reactions I don't know. I've never been in the Warriors, and I've, I've been in teams when that's happened, and uh, I've seen players react really well to it. I've seen players not react really well to it. So having that balance, I think when you look at the Warriors team, the Pacific Island uh, influence in there, how would they? react to these kind of scenarios, these situations, and is that part of Brownie's kind of process with situations? Yeah, look, I think I think he needs a, a bit of significant um, influence inside his coaching structure that understands the Polynesian way. Mm. You know, this, this, there's so many people that talk about this, don't they? Mm. Yeah, but let's have a look at the fact, all right? So Craig Bellamy's been at Melbourne for, mm. for donkey's years. He doesn't change his way. Okay, so you see Bellamy when he's in the when he's up in that box. You see Bellamy wears his heart on his sleeve, mm. and you you hear players when they talk go, "Well, Bellyac's going to really cop it. We're going to cop it from Bellyac today." Doesn't change his way. So he's got a, He's got the certain way that he's been coaching that's getting results. Now, it's not about Bellamy. It's not about Bellamy. It's about their DNA. You know, like when we're talking about DNA, like to answer your question, is he? I think that you wouldn't do that in mm. the Warriors because they don't have any DNA. Mm. So when you're saying things to players, there's a split. Mm. So players will get players will get. You got to be really careful with players because they're mercenaries. Mm. They are, man. They they'll, they'll, they'll say say to your face, you know, really love you and that, and then they'll, they'll I've been there. You get yeah. then you get on the other side and say, man, no, we don't we don't trust that bloke. You know what I mean? So, but with the belly. Um, bellyache scenario is it's not bellyache it's the DNA within that club yep. so when he's saying you're representing these, this club it's more than just you mm. you know it's you, you get it whereas the DNA with the Warriors mate you can't, you can't get it like they haven't got it mm. you, you know they've just signed another halfback out of the Queensland competition you should have gone to sign any halfback out of the Queensland comp can be on that and, and really interesting point about what players can kind of how their relationships and perceptions can be of coaches and you would know that distinctly actually both of you boys mm. from being on either side of it. Here's a couple, I'm going to try to lump these texts together. We've got so much and I want to get to it. Right, Richie says, thoughts on the new signing from the Cowboys? Well, that kind of comes into this text here. Do you think the new halfback signing was for Ash Taylor because he might be out for the season? On that, Nathan Brown did say yesterday, Ash Taylor's injury is taking a lot longer than they thought. So yes, that little bit of insurance is for that uh, half back depth is four hundred thousand fifty thousand a year does that make sean johnson the marquee player was he brought back to the club as the marquee player well who's the marquee player Fanua blake kind of yeah. walsh yeah reese walsh but he's young he's yeah, kind of an up and coming he's not the marquee player mm. they kind of are in a bit of the highest paid yeah does that make you the marquee player <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think so. I think I think you've got to say that Sean Johnson in this team is meant to be the marquee player. Well, there you go. That answers your text there. Here's one. Morning, boys. Maybe the Warriors should go back to the old school strategy <laughs> of poaching rugby players for their wing problems. Maybe from the World Sevens circuit. There's a few Fijians, Americans, South Africans, Kenyans, etc. with plenty of pace to burn. That rolls into this text here from Jade. Here is my starting team this week. My Warriors team made up of fringe All Blacks. 
Number one, David Harvey Lee. Number two, Caleb Clark. Peter Umanga Jensen in the centres with Thomas Umanga Jensen, who is a beast, by the way. Mm. Leicester Fyanganuku on the wing. Uh, we've got Lincoln McClutchy and Ruben Love in the halves. Asafa Aomua, Fakatava, Peter Gasoakola, Akira Iwani, Hoskins Satutu, and Ethan Black. I'd hate, I'd hate to, I'd hate to, I hate to say it, but they'd beat the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin. <Kimmy. laughs> when, when you're saying it like that, Louis, I'm going, oh, yes, please. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite a tight eh? It's a statue. Yeah. Oh. I've seen Ethan Black out of he's your, he's your um, undies. You know, Michael Luck. He's your Michael Luck. They'll just tackle and run and hit ups all I day. I like watching him play too, Blackadder. Oh. I, I really do, mate. This is where he puts his head. Yeah. Imagine how quick his play the ball would be. Oh, oh mate, he'd be up. He'd be up. <laughs> he'd be a couple of knock-ons, a couple of strips in there from the bunker, I'll tell you. But, uh, mate, that is a fantastic team. It'll be interesting to see if that ever... It'll never eventuate, let's be honest. But, mate, there is some depth. And that question is... It's always that question with the recruiting, Kempi, and you've spoken about it when you were in Rotorua and Joseph Tarpany was there and you rang the guy and no one ever eventuated on it, mate. It's just a problem. Yeah. Current situation. Now we're getting the effects on it down later, you know, down the, yeah, down the end just of it. To, just to give you an example, this young kid um, who who they just signed, Dijon Assi, um, obviously from Christchurch. Last year they let a kid... Um, Who's, whose father actually coached the 20s at the club, John Ackland. Um, his, he got a young kid called Ackland, a young boy, um, Ackland played for Mount Albert in half, and Manly signed him. Now, he's not, this is on your back doorstep. You know Front what I mean? Doorstep. Like, either you're saying you're not good enough. How can See, this is the part I don't get from their recruitment. How can you say you're not good enough at that age? When you should say you have the skills at that age to develop and we can turn you into an NRL halfback. There's a, there's a different in that way of thinking. And and Manly, Desi's just gone, actually, you can play. Come over here and we'll turn you into a decent halfback. Yeah, no, great example. Another one, Kempi. And, and everything comes back to that P word that we talk about, where you love pathways. 29 from 8. Aroha is next with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Then some sports updates from around the world, including the Champions League semi-final, And then Mark Chittick tacking left to the racetrack to Waikato Stud. We're up after this. Here's Araha with the news. SENZ 24, uh, 26 away from 8 o'clock. Mark Chittick, not far away. Studmaster at Waikato Stud to talk some racing. He's got a couple going around today in his famous colours. Some sports news updates. Fellas, well, Manchester City have not wasted time to put themselves in the dominant position against Real Madrid, who have a red card within 35 minutes in their Champions League semi-final. Villarreal and Liverpool make up the other side of the draw. Champions League, uh, Manchester City 2-0 ahead in that first leg. Imagine if it was Man City and Liverpool duking it out for the Champions League as well as the Premier League. Staying up in Europe, Novak Djokovic has been cleared to defend his Wimbledon title as the Wimbledon committee allow unvaccinated players to play. The requirement set out by the government to enter the US does not include mandatory vaccination. Therefore, while it of course is encouraged, it is not a condition of entry. Two weeks in a row, Wimbledon making headlines. So they won't let the Belarusian or Russian players play, but unvaccinated players are part of the deal there. And elsewhere, wow, 
as I, oh, and just as I say that, Real Madrid has scored a, scored a goal. So 2-1 to Man City, just as literally, literally as I say that. And elsewhere, back in New Zealand, um, you boys are getting all the plaudits in the world. You just hit the nail on the head. No one knows the Warriors, who the Warriors marquee player is. <laughs> so, Kempi, I know a couple of weeks ago you had to catch up with Robbo, and we had Cam George on, the CEO, mm. and we said, you know, we we're talking about potential signings. Yeah. Now is the time to get some back belief and some hope back in the Warriors. You're dead right. Roll, roll them out. So who? who yeah. Look, I'm, I'm serious. It's been pretty underwhelming, and we thought there was going to be some firecrackers well, coming out of there. This is this text there, Kempi. What on earth are we doing recruiting multiple sevens? I think mm. what you're saying is, what are we doing recruiting multiple average number sevens? You mm. know what I mean? Like Sean Johnson. I, I I'm going to call it now. I don't think he plays next year. I think this is it. I think this is, this is his year. Um, just from what I've seen, I think his body's not going to go around another year. Now you need to you need to fill that you need to fill that hole. Is Ash Taylor it? I don't think I don't think so. Well, uh, Richie on oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You're always passionate about the Warriors. What do you think, mate? On the Kenatar phone line, mate. I think we've just got to stop looking at the coaches. I think if Nathan Brown, you know, I I, I don't think he will be the coach within the next two years. Mm. But that performance, you can't put down to Nathan Brown. If, if I was Nathan Brown on Monday, I'd be calling the senior players and then saying, hey, you guys need to start holding people responsible yourself. And that would have been my training session. Just let the players have a chat about that game and, and hold each other responsible. I would have said to Aiden, I need you to call out a few players and tell them, that, hey, you know, you're not doing your job. Mm. And and that, but, and but I agree with um, Kempe there. I don't, I don't think Sean Johnson is the way to go. Um I haven't seen this new halfback from the Cowboys play. Um, but, hey, look, if, if he's willing to run the ball, and I think that's what we're missing. We're missing mm. a half that loves to run. Um, and I think we've just got to... I, 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 I play Aussie Rules here in New Zealand, and for the junior grades, they, they hold... Um, the Australians come over and they hold an AFL selection day, and they do all these tests. I think we need to start doing that for, for the league. And, and I think... You know, that's when you start looking at the, the future of your club. We can't just start looking at next season. We need to look three, four seasons down the track. Yeah, beautiful, Richie. I hear exactly what you're saying, mate. Mm. And uh, and that that selection stuff and kind of looking towards the the future and the juniors and AFL. Like it hasn't necessarily worked in AFL. I'm sure AFL New Zealand would have loved to have more players picked up, but I think they do have that connection right there. Uh, yeah, like his his first comment about the. We always play the coaches, and coaches. I do. I do feel for some coaches. They always are the first on the on the chopping block. You know, they always the ones that you know get taken. Uh, everything's their fault and things like that. Held accountable for what's going on, but then the players have to take a lot of accountability. But the, from what the understanding is, like there potentially might be a divide in there, and and when you don't have that, uh, you know, respect for a coach. Look, I don't agree with it. I think when you're given an opportunity to represent in the NRL and you're wearing that that thing on your chest, you know that logo that yeah, that yeah. represents your warriors, your identity. You should never, ever, ever put your own selfishness before the team. But if that's the case, man, there's got to be some serious, serious questions asked about that. And we'll follow up for the rest of the week leading into that Canberra game. All important. Mark Chinnick from Waikato Stud talking some racing and breeding up after this. TNZ. Baz and Izzy are off to the races. Thanks to Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse. Yes, good morning. 
Yeah, quarter away from eight. We're going to catch up with Mark Chirk right now. They are the powerhouse of thoroughbred breeding in Australasia and Waikato Stud have locked in the Stallion roster for another year. Will all the familiar names you would expect, including the great Savabil today, the famous colours go around Hawera and have a real chance to in the last of the day. Mark Chirk is a stud master of Waikato Stud and he's out of the bush and he's a good supporter of ours. He's on the show. Morning, Mark. G'day, Izzy. G'day, fellas. How are you this morning? Oh, very good, mate. We've had <laughs> our McCafe coffee now. I know you've uh, been dropping them into bears in Matamata every morning, mate. You must be happy he's not there, eh? Oh, yeah, no, we're missing him, really. When's he back? I haven't actually heard. He's not coming back, mate. He's not going to earn enough money to get me out of the seat. Fair <laughs> <laughs> <Sure> enough. Kev, <laughs> sure enough. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's been an upgrade anyway. <laughs> Kevy's in the hot seat, mate. He's got the text machine flying with Warriors chat. But uh, we're going to park that for a wee bit. We're going to talk to you, mate. I backed Novia last year in the Guineas down in Christchurch. Obviously, unfortunate, had to retire, but it's going into stud, mate. How's Novia? Yeah, he's fantastic. Is he? Yeah, he like I mean, we all remember that way he won the uh, oh, won the uh, two thousand so You know, last on the turn, and at the end of the day, everybody said it was a great ride by Oki. Well, it was he had to fix a few mistakes up, <laughs> which he did. But he knew he had the horse under him. You know, like and, and talking to him afterwards, he said as, as soon as he as soon as he got him out and got a bit of clear air, and of course he's last on the turn. He said, "I knew I had it won, which is quite incredible, really." But um. Exactly what we look for in a stallion, you know, the, a turn of foot like that. And like, as you say, it's a shame that he didn't get mm. over to Australia, and I'm sure he would have really competed over there. But uh, um, unfortunately, injury injury didn't let that happen. But he settled in so well. He's just such a cruisy horse, and he's a he's a he's a really good looking horse. So um, you know, we've always wanted a son of son of Savabil, mm. and he's one that. Um, you know, a lot of them are obviously out of our families. This 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 guy's a little bit different. It's a mare that was bought in. And uh, so it's a different family. So he suits us down to the ground, and um, and uh, he'll get every opportunity. You know, the, the phone's going red hot on him. Actually, oh, which bet. Is great. That's good. Yeah, hopefully Al Sherrick's got you got the phone going <laughs> hot on you with Al Al Mir uh, Cinerama getting fooled up by him. But hey, um, just talking a little bit about I do, and and that great race talking about coming from from behind at the back there. And you've got one today, an ideal running around too, Mark, with with our show. Just take us through that relationship between I do and and ideal and yourself. Yeah, look, um, she she was an incredible horse. I do. And started years ago with with Ellen. You know, we're, we're great mates, and um, you know, most people think he's a great fella, and I'm certainly one of those. Um, there's a few that don't, I'm sure, but I'm one that does. And uh, we were we we borrowed a mare, and um, we bred a couple of foals. And um, one was by pins, one was by no excuse needed. And I said to him, "Let's sell the pins because we'll get a bit of money for her, and let's keep the keep the no excuse needed and, and race it." And that's exactly what we did. And she became she became our most winningest mare. Um, I think it was 14. She won 14 or 15. She won, and obviously the group won at Hawke's mm. Bay, which was the, mm. which was a massive massive highlight. But Ellen, like he's he as you know, he's a master bloody horseman. He really is, and uh, he handled her extremely well. Um, so yeah, so getting on to her breeding career, we've sold a couple of Savabils out of her. Uh, you know, one uh, Kiss the Bride over there in Sydney with Bjorn Baker. He's um, he's a good handy horse. He's probably one, he's probably one half a dozen now. You know, and I'm sure he'll be back shortly. Um, but certainly, um, with a running racing a mare like that, it's always nice to keep a filly or two, and that's what we've done in an ideal. And um, 
you know, she's sort of taking a little bit of time to mature a bit like her mother. Um, but I ran, rang Alan last night and I said, these fellas are ringing me on the radio tomorrow. What am I going to say? And <laughs> I've, got that, I've got that, you know, that usual trainer sort of speak. Uh, it'll take a good one to beat her. So there you go. That's the word. Don't worry, we've told everyone, Mark. <laughs> yeah. oh, look at the pressure's on. We'll have to wait till the end of the day, though. Exactly. Speaking about pressure, mate, is there, are there any whispers of a new probabil somewhere showing huge promise in there, mate? What do you got coming out of the stud? Well, I'll tell you an interesting one, actually, and I think she's going to run on 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 um, Saturday. Okay, okay. Um, which is good. When I say good, like sort of like a little, not a surprise, but um, um, look, she's put her hand up. She's only two years old. She's a seven bill filly out of a out of a mare called Maximara. One that we've retained ourselves. She's called Shang, Shanghai Tang. Um and uh she trialed extremely well at Taupo just last week. And um she's with Tiako and I think Mark, you know, I just I just read the Gallup report this morning actually. She's galloped up nicely leading into Saturday, so um he feels as though she deserves to take a place. If nothing else, it'll give her a bit of education and set her up for a three-year-old three-year-old year. But she looks to, she looks to be um, enough. It'll, I'm, I would imagine it'll be a good little field on on um, Saturday. But it's a nice day, to, nice time to start her off while she's two and you know education Ooh. prepare her for a three-year-old. But keep an eye on her. Yeah, she, the field keep an eye will have a punt. Well, the two-year-old <laughs> is he? Is he? Is two-year-old? Keep busy off it. Just looking at your trial now, you're right, Mark. That's slick work. Hey, uh, on Probabil, um, obviously, like, just so proud of what she's done. Just for the New Zealand breeding industry, her staying here and going to Al Manzor, were you surprised at all? Like, how thrilled were you? What did you make of it? No, I mean, it's it's been an incredible ride for everybody. She's you know, she's a she's a, an incredible mare, and I just think it's just. You know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to have, I suppose, people like us in the game and people like Brendan and Joe in the game, etc. That, that that will race a good filly like that and basically it'll be bred in New Zealand or it'll be retained in New Zealand ownership at least because obviously, um, you know, we New Zealand um, horses, we breeders and horses and trainers, etc. We all punch above our weight and, you know, more often than not, these good fillies they get uh, they get snapped up by overseas ownership because these broodmares, well, sorry, race fillies at the end of their racing career, they're just worth so much money now, and it's um, you know, so so therefore, as I say, it's a bit of a rarity a top class race mare like that um, staying to staying in New Zealand to be bred, which is just fantastic. I mean, that's mm. what mm. has been the backbone of our game. But over the last twenty years, we've lost a hell of a lot of good fillies through that manner. You know, you can't blame people because they're worth a lot of money. You know, so, uh, but no, good to see you, good to see you staying in the country and breeding here, and we've got plenty of the family that we're breeding as well, so, um, but she was an incredible racehorse, and hey, Damien and Tiaka and all of them did a great job with her. Hey, Mark, I'm, I don't know if uh, Big Red's told you, but we're heading down, me and Louis, to your place um, shortly. He reckons we, we've got to come up there and, and sort of have a couple of quiet whiskies with you and a few steaks on the barbie. He's, he's filled you in with that news, has he? Oh, did I miss this? <laughs> yeah, all right then. We've got a few tricks up our sleeve. We'll show you some we'll show you some lovely horses. That's what we love doing and that's uh, and that, that's what keeps us busy. But um there's a there's a yeah, there's a few tricks up our sleeve after hours, Kempi. <laughs> 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 we have to do it after duck shooting season so we've got our eyes in. Um we, we have to do it after duck shooting season so we've all got our eyes in for those clays. Yeah, 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 no problems at all. No problems at all. <laughs> 
Beautiful stuff. Beautiful, Chetty. Oh, thank you very much for joining us, Mark Chetty, for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. We appreciate your time, mate, and uh, give Baz a little bit of a banter for us, eh, mate? We miss him here, and we can't wait to get him back. Yeah. Will do, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you. There he is, Mark Chetty, absolute Legend. champion, giving us all the gravy. You're right, Kimby. Legends. Gary, the old man, um, Mark, everyone there, what they've done. Um, the, the family is a real dynasty. George, Charlotte, the, the kids, they're just such good people and, and they are exceptional horsemen. So when you hear him say, you know, Al's an incredible horseman, well, Mark, um, you know, just watching him with his horses and the way he kind of appraises bloodstock, it's pretty special. So awesome to have them supporters of us, is he? And after this, we're going to get into back into those climb back into those texts because the, the text machine I can actually feel it radiating. Kempi hasn't got a jersey on, and not because he's got massive arms, it's because the text machine's it's overheating. Quite cold in here. Yeah. It's freezing. <laughs> text machine's keeping us warm. We'll get to those after this at seven away. You too. <laughs> From eight. Here we are. Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Coming up to 8am, after 8am it's Bob Harrig talking golf, some major moves going in the world of golf. Double eight, double three though, Warriors fans, well they, apparently they've turned the comments off on the Facebook posts, so mm-hmm. no wonder you're coming to us to vent. People were supporting them when they went three in a row, lost the change rooms in two weeks? Mm, that's a question. I think we were always sceptical even when they were winning, Kempe, that this wasn't a fixed team. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't think we're talking about the last two, you know, we're not you know, we're not dodos. We're not talking about two weeks. Um, I think that, I, you know, we, we just haven't put it out there that mm-hmm. there is actually something else going on. So, you know, let's have a look and, you know, how it pans out. Absolutely. Maybe we should be looking at the top, and that's NZRA. 100%. Mm. Pathways, please, not events. Yeah. Uh, lots of – lots. look, a couple of people is he coming through and saying don't blame the coach, just like Richie, and I do understand that. Mm. And it is always going to be a bigger problem than the coach when we're talking the Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said before, players have got to take a bit of accountability for how they prepare, how they perform. Um, you know, when you're, re- you're representing the NRL side, or, or in particular the Warriors, mate, you're playing at the top level. You should never, ever play a game if you're not fully committed. Spoil mum this Mother's Day. Find Calvin Klein Euphoria 100ml, 54.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. clock already. Time flies when you're having fun and you're on the airways with Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Tony Kemp, Louis Herman Watt and myself. I'm up in Auckland. I'm in the studio. It's great to be here with the team today and we're talking all things Warriors at the moment. It has been flying on the text machine. We've had some calls from Richie on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150 811. We're going to talk 
and we're going to keep talking the Warriors. We've got some few texts we're going to get through shortly, and uh, we love your messages, and even better, we love it when you give us a call. So don't be shy. 0800-150-811. But right now, we're going to change of pace here, Louis. A little bit of a change of pace. We're going to talk some golf. It is a hot topic right now because Phil Mickelson has made the change from the PGA. He's going to play in the Saudi Arabia-backed Rebel Golf League. And we've got Bob Harrig on the line, and it's time for our Mick Cafe coffee catch-up. And while some golfing fans might still have their jaws on the floor after Tiger Woods' remarkable Masters comeback. They might just leave them there if more high-profile PGA Tour players elect to take their talents to the Saudi-backed LIV Golf League. While the list of players' names is confidential, it's said that the top 15 of the top 100 in the World Golf Rankings have showed their intentions to join. That includes Phil Mickelson, Bob, Har- Bob Harrig is a long-time and world-class golf writer of Sports Illustrated. He's also the author of his new book, Tiger and Phil, so he's well-equipped on this topic. Morning, Bob. <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it actually is a topic. It's right in my wheelhouse. So um, it's pretty amazing what's going on with Tiger and Phil still mm. at, this point in their, at this point in their careers. Now, how serious is, is Phil about this change? Is it... It's all done and dusted, what we're reading, but how serious is, is he Is he right into it? He's going to go do it, and he's, he's fully committed. No, I don't think he is. Well, we don't know, frankly, if mm. he's fully committed. He, um, he, what he's done is he's asked for permission to play in the first event. Mm. And the Live Golf uh, Invitational Series, they, they had to pivot and, and switch directions after all of the um, negativity that came out a couple months ago, mostly surrounding Phil. I mean, they, they had a bunch of guys ready to sign on to play in their league and all those guys backed off. And so now they really didn't have a league and they Mm. just decided to stage eight tournaments this year. You can play as many or as few as you want, but there's still the issue of if you're a PJ tour member, and you're going to play in a conflicting event, which is almost every week of the year. They almost have, they have an event. If you you know if you want to play, uh, you know in in Australia, for example, uh, in 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 the Australian summer, there's still probably a PJ Tour event being played in the states, and you have to ask for permission to do it. And the tour will typically grant you the, what's called a release to do this up to three times, but. In this case, because this has been such a tempestuous situation, it's unclear if they're going to give these releases. And then then the player has to make the decision as to whether or not they're going to defy it and, I don't know, face some sort of discipline, a fine, you know, could there be a suspension, that sort of thing. So all of that's up in the air. We, we don't really know. But the fact that Phil even expressed his intentions to go – I find interesting because that means he's not just going to crawl back to the PGA Tour and say, I'm, I'm all in with you guys. Hey, Bob, and if that's the case with Phil, who else is willing to turn their back that, that you know of up there? You know, mm. This is such a high-profile player. Is there other names that have been touted that are going to, going to leave the, um, the PGA? Yeah, there's other names that are being kicked around that might uh, – you know, they might play a few events. Um, some of the ones are, they're older players that, you know, they've, their, their careers are on the downside. I mean, somebody like Lee Westwood, somebody like Ian Poulter, 
those are names that have been mm. uh, kicked around. Graham McDowell, you know, those are European guys that play both tours, uh, the European tour and the, and the PGA tour. Um, there's been some rumblings about Sergio Garcia. Uh, there's been rumblings about a guy like Louis Oosthuizen, Kevin Na, who's, who plays mm. on the U.S. tour. Um, so are they going to get the top names like, you know, Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau and Kepka and Rory McIlroy? Probably not. You know, I don't think they're even going to get them for, for, you know, one or two of these events. Uh, but I think there's going to be some names that we know that, that play in that first event outside of London in June. Uh, mate, with uh, Saudi Arabia, we know they've got a ton of money, so money's not a problem with them. Do they have a PGA reacting to this? Are they a little bit worried? Um, and will they have to dip, dip, dip into their pockets to offer more to the players and kind of make it more enticing for these players to stay in the league? Or do you feel like their product and what they're offering for the last year and the history they've got with it, that that'll be enough to keep these players? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, the money being offered by the, by the Live Golf League, backed by the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, as you, as you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's immense. I mean, and it's hard even for these guys to say no. I mean, for example, this week on the PGA Tour, uh, they're playing. They're actually playing in Mexico. They're playing a standard tour event, the the, uh, the Mexico Open. Uh, the purse is about seven point five million. The winner's going to get this, you know, seven point five million U.S. The winner's going to get about one point three. There's that's that's lucrative. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the there's a lot of money to be made on the PGA Tour. The problem is it has a cut after 72 holes. There's 144 players. So half the guys are going to go home with no, with nothing. Mm. Meanwhile, that first live golf event is going to have a $25 million purse, 20 of it to the individuals. Five of it is, is divvied up among the top teams. But 20 to the individuals, $4 million to the winner, 120000 the last place. There is no cut. Everybody gets paid. I mean, so, and, and only 48 players. So, you know, you don't even have to win to make a lot of money. And, and wow. that's why it's enticing. And, and the, the issue in pro golf is, is typically that the name players, the fills of the world, the Rory's, Tiger, you know, they bring a lot more value to mm-hmm. the game than what they are compensated for in terms of prize money, frankly. Even though they make a lot of money, if you look at other sports, you know, um, you know, for you guys, probably football, you know, rugby, sports like mm. that. I'm guessing there's guaranteed pay. You know, I, if you follow the NBA, there's a guy named Steph Curry, uh, you know, a very well-known basketball player who makes $53 million a year. Mm. Now, he makes that whether he plays one game or 82. Wow. You know, whereas in golf, if you don't play, you don't get paid. And I think there's some thought that the name guys are not getting their money's worth because they're the ones who bring the, the, the TV revenue, mm. the, the, the sponsorship revenue, the ticket sales, the corporate sales. And yet when they start off on a Thursday, they're, getting, they're, they're at zero just like everybody else. So you spoke about the Saudi Arabia's first event, $25 million. Is that just setting a precedence? Are they just setting the mark and saying this is what we're offering for a first event? Is it sustainable for them to be able to keep that up and – can, I can only see it going higher. So, man, they've got a lot of money, these guys. You know, um, 
they're paying they're paying that for seven events and wow. the eighth event is a team event with 50 million so the winning team four man teams will get 16 million 4 million a piece let's put a team in so this <laughs> this whole this whole thing is is 225 million dollars for eight events now can they sustain it the 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 public investment fund the saudi fund according to various reports is worth 500 billion dollars okay so 225 million now let's say let's say it costs them four times that to run the league uh you know include you know salaries you know infrastructure what whatever they have to do mm. appearance fees I don't think it would cost them four times that, but let's say it does. That's roughly a billion dollars. Can they afford a billion dollars a year for the next 10 years? If they lost every penny of it, that's $10 billion. And if the, if the PIF didn't make a dime through any other Avenue and just stayed equal, instead of having, you know, 500 billion, what they'd have 490 billion. I mean, the, the question, (laughs) you know, the, 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 the thing is, is, they have the the wherewithal to withstand massive mm. losses if they're willing to do that. And in these in these places where they're looking to change their image or they're determined to pull something off, I don't think they care about losing that kind of money. Wow. So and you know, I and, and yet I I'm guessing they feel that they will make money at some point. Mm. Probably not this year or next year, but you know, they'll sell tickets, they'll sell a TV deal of some sort. They'll sell corporate hospitality, and they'll make some of that money back. Yeah, I want some of that. I'm just I'm flabbergasted <laughs> at the amount of money that you're talking about, $500 billion. Of course, that answers the question whether the PGA can keep up. They obviously can't. Just talking about Phil Mickelson, how's his approval rating at the moment? You know, Does he still have the fans out there? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, We haven't seen him since the beginning of February. The last time he played was on February 6th at, coincidentally enough, the Saudi International Tournament, mm. which is which is an Asian tour event, which the PIF also backs. And, you know, Phil, uh, after that is when the, these comments started to come out and, and, and he took a major hit with his endorsers. I think there's the hardcore Phil fans who mm. are still there and they still wonder – you know, why has such a big deal been made of this? I, I kind of go along with that to a point. I mean, you know, look, he made a mistake. He made some mistakes. He said some things that were probably not not the things to say, but they're words. I mean, he, he's got a 30-year track record mm-hmm. of, um, you know, of a, of a pretty solid citizen who, who was great for the game of golf. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. He just won his sixth major last year uh, at the PGA Championship to become the oldest major champion. There's been a lot of good in his mm. career, and I'm a little surprised that it has gotten to this point, you know, where he didn't play in the Masters. He's gone underground. We don't even know if he'll defend his title at the PGA next month. Mm. That'll be interesting to see what eventuates from that. Uh, if he makes this decision to go play in the Saudi League, whether he will, that'll be history-making, really. The first time no one's... I don't know the history behind it, but surely it'll be the first time no one's gone back and defended their title. Mate, tell us about your book, Tiger and Phil. It's in uh, it's in the, online on the Amazon online store, mate. Tell us a bit about your book and what you've created. And uh, you obviously know Phil really well. 
Yeah, you know, I've kind of been there for their entire careers. Mm. I've I've been fortunate enough to cover all 21 of their major wins, 15 for Tiger, 6 for Phil. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't see Tiger coming back at the Masters last month, uh, given, you know, his situation with his right leg. Uh, But it's just sort of a deep dive into how their careers have intersected, really, for 30 years. Mm. I mean, you know, Phil was Tiger before Tiger. He was a great player as as a kid, as a junior, as an amateur. He, he played college golf in the States and won what, what's considered the top collegiate title three of the four years. It's very, very hard to do. Uh, he, but he also won a PGA Tour event while he was in college. He's the last amateur to win on the PGA Tour. He did that in 1991. And at that time, Tiger would have been in high school. And Tiger was starting to make a name for himself at that point. Uh, and then Tiger had a great amateur career, won three straight U.S. amateurs, which not even Bobby Jones did. And so when they got out on tour, Phil had a big bit of a head start, but Tiger, you know, kind of caught up and zoomed by him, won a bunch of majors, and their their relationship was a bit tense at times. They, you know, they they were not friendly, they were not friends, um, and you know, Tiger certainly saw Phil as a as a potential threat. Uh, they, there was a Ryder cup where they were teammates and that didn't go over very well. Um, and you know, they each won majors at the other's expense, uh, you know, all the way through. And then, you know, they, they, their relationship mellowed a little bit several years ago, you know, perspective, they were older. Tiger had dealt with so many injuries. I mean, a lot of the stuff between them was probably kind of petty. And I highlight a bunch of those stories. And, uh, you know, they, they, they came to, they came to respect each other a lot more. Uh, but now, you know, even just now lately with this whole thing with Phil, it'd be interesting to know where they, where they stand mm. because Tiger's on the PJ tour side yeah. and Phil, you know, kind of went down this other path and I'm not sure Tiger's extending any olive branches to Phil at the moment. So <laughs> it's, um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's amazing to me, you know, I kind of finished up the book, last things I could put in it were at the end of the year, and I could write another chapter or two right now. There's been so much that's gone on here in the last couple months. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's out on Amazon if you want to have a read of his new book, Bob Herrick, Tiger and Phil. It'll be a fascinating read, mate. Quickly, just 30 seconds. Can Tiger win again at the Open, St. Andrews? I think he can win again. I just fear that the open at St. Andrews is too soon to ask that. Okay. I would never say never because I didn't think he was playing the masters and he <laughs> played the masters. And every time we doubt him, you know, he proves us wrong. You know, you do, you do this at your own peril. So I'm sort of taking a chance when I say, I don't, I think it's too soon, Yep. but if there's ever a golf course for him, mm. absolutely. You know, and he is so determined that it's possible. Yep that he can uh that he could do it I, you know and i don't think we should be shocked if it if something like that happens yeah i agree i agree he's won there twice and as he stated that's his favorite course to play and it's a lot flatter than augusta so his body might be able to handle the course situation mate appreciate you coming on the show bob herrig and sharing your insights on phil and the saudi arabia backed rebel league of golf and also some stories on tiger appreciate it mate Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Have a great day. That was our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. Try the delicious new McCafe Coffee blend today while listening to our Catch-Up at SCNZ Online or on Facebook.
What a champion, mate. He knows a lot. When Kimpy's, the, when, when the Kimpy's jaw is still on the ground. Mate, when the grandkids finally come around, I'm buying them a set of golf clubs. Mm. 100%. We're going to play in Saudi Arabia. What about that? $25 million. $225 million. And so this is where... PJ's got to be worried. Great question. Great question. Does the history and the reputation of the PGA Tour, mm. the status and the stature, can that be enough to keep these players? I say yes, because you can only be so filthy rich, and I know everyone wants more. <laughs> But I still think that what Scotty Scheffler did, putting on that green jacket and being adored by golf fans, the people that you've growing up, grown up idolising, I still think that must be worth more than the monetary value of the Saudi back league. I think so, uh, uh, for sure. But what I think we're going to see, and you know, we see it with rugby at the moment, with the Japanese league, mm. the English league, we're going to lose that middle tier. You know, the, tier, the guys that yeah. just aren't quite there, yeah. but they've got the talent, they've got the yeah. skill to really perform. But just not quite there. I think we're going to lose that in the golfing sense. PGA, we're going to lose a lot of the middle tier. Foxy, you go Nars. fill your boots. And I, th- and, I sure. think the, and I think the players too, like the, the Lee Westwoods, the Phil Mickelson's that are on the outer too. Mm. I think you're going to lose not just that older middle ones. tier, but the older ones. And then the last question is morality. Do you want to be involved in this? Mm. And that is something that, you know, it's an individual. It's a question for an individual and how much research you want to do and how much you want to support a Saudi-backed league. And that's something that's personal. And that'll be the other, the third thing that you watch. And it'll be interesting to see which sort of stances players take. 22 away from eight <laughs> here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day back with Paulie Mwadi, the party after this. L, 119.99 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. <laughs> CNZ, 27 minutes past 8 o'clock. Hey, um, we're heading off to Paulie Moati, the party, tab.co.nz. Right now, Man City is paying $1.17 live odds against Real Madrid. Real Madrid 21s. The draw's at $5. I'll tell you what, Man City's pressing a lot. The score's 3-2. If Real Madrid can get them on the counter, 5 bucks isn't necessarily terrible money. Paul Moati, how are you doing, buddy? Um, very good, thanks, Louis. It's... Uh... Yeah, not the worst of Wednesdays. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, good to have you on the show, mate. Well, it's been a while since we've had a song, Louis. Well, some sort of a little oh. bit of flavour from Paulie Mwati. Just something, Paulie. Yeah, well, look, I'll work on it. <laughs> he has been yeah. dour with this prep, hasn't he? Mm. Kind of, he's come back, he's <laughs> deflated. He's <laughs> a tough, <laughs> tough month Just at the tab, eh? Struggling to find that form from last preparation where, you know, punters have been backing him the whole time. Second year syndrome. <laughs> 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 oh, I didn't lose 70 10 on the weekend, so uh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, we're still putting it in. Kimby's on fire today. Um, hey, Paul, ideal, out of I do, in the last, at Harwater, like I've had a bet, Kempe's had a bet, obviously not enough people have had a bet to see the market move yet, I was a little bit surprised, I thought this was a great bet in race seven at Harwater today. Still the best backed uh, in that race uh, oh, I've just at seen Harwater. It. Moving to 250 Still now. The best. 250, yep, um, and we've taken just on 40% uh, is on ideal to win in that uh, final field win uh, book in race seven. So now the money's starting to come. So obviously you've you've talked uh, talked them up, and uh, <laughs> the funders are listening. So I'm just I'm just having a look at a few of the other races just to see if we can get a, a sort of an Invisible idea of what's going on. Race seven, race five. Uh, let's see, race five. Uh, yeah, yeah, Invisible Spirit. It's yeah, fifty five percent of the win market. 
Our final field win market is on Invisible Spirit. There's a little bit of specking on number one, Zephyr Z at $10. Uh, I'm just looking at race six as well because there's been a, a little bit of money. In fact, the best backed in that race early days is Deadly Pony at $26. Best backed in race six, Deadly Pony. I think that's for the Lisa Ladder. Uh, yep, Lisa Ladder, Joe Camaroo, yeah. Paulie. We're gonna have to leave you. I can't get into it, but we'll just circle back. Last night, I noticed that the Fijian drawer are paying four dollars fifty against the Highlanders at home. Don't tell them. That's okay. I've already had a bit. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> what What are we doing here? What are the What are the sports boys doing here? Um, just, uh, I think it's just a wee bit of lack of respect for the drawer. Mm. Um, Hugely. Or, or an overestimation of the ability of the Highlanders, who, um, as we saw last week, uh, opened up at around I think a dollar forty, a dollar forty-five favourites against the Brumbies. Um, Brumbies, and just before the off, I think the Brumbies were around a dollar seventy favourites. So uh, punters found them. They found the Brumbies last week, and I'm, I'm concerned. I think they may find the Drua as well this week. Four fifty still there though for punters who do want to have a piece. Okay, we'll circle back to that one tomorrow, Paul, and we'll we'll work out how much people have climbed into it, mate. TAB.co.nz, hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Head along there. That's where we do all our betting gamble responsibly. R18, Izzy, I'm going to ask you about that match and if you think we're on to something. After this, here is the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SENZ, we are 27 away from 9 this morning. It is still 3-2. Oh, my Lord. No, it is not. It is 4-2 in the Man City Real Madrid game. I'm going to hold the computer up so the boys can see this. An absolute bullet top left corner from one of the Man City players. So there you go. Those odds will be crushed in now to a dollar one with wow. about 17 seconds to go in the game. Um, Super Rugby teams shouldn't be too far away from being named actually today for the Saturday games. We spoke to Bob Harrig about this Rebel Golf League going on in Saudi Arabia. Now, players from the... Oh, not in Saudi Arabia, backed by Saudi. Players from the PGA Tour... They could technically play, but Bob explained that it does involve a release clause. In this case, because this has been such a tempestuous situation, it's unclear if they're going to give these releases. And then then the player has to make the decision as to whether or not they're going to defy it and, I don't know, face some sort of discipline, a fine, you know, could there be a suspension, that sort of thing. So all of that's up in the air. We, we don't really know. But the fact that Phil even expressed his intentions to go, I find interesting because that means he's not just going to crawl back to the PGA Tour and say, I'm, I'm all in with you guys. There you go. So the PGA Tour is going to have a hand to play in this and, and which player it releases. I think we've hit, kind of summed it up. It's not going to be the frontline stars. It's not going to be Scotty Scheffler's or Rory McIlroy's. But who it is, that will be the one to watch over the next couple of days. Is he talking to Paul Mawadi, Fiji and Drua Highlanders? I don't know about you, but the Highlanders just, to be honest, haven't even looked close this year to getting it right. No, nah, they, they haven't. Like you heard like Ian Foster, if you listen to the breakdown, talking about continuity and selections, they've had none of that. And they've had injury ravaged season, they've missed a lot of players. I've got Aaron Smith, um, who didn't play in that last game, Marino Michele too. 
who come back and play six or eight in the loose forwards and someone who I've been really, really impressed with this year is who potentially will be pushing for higher honours with Shannon Frizzell injured. A lot of debate there in the in the loose forward trio. Um, but this is a huge ass. Played in Fiji twice, played the Chiefs there, and it is a tough, tough play place to play because weather is totally different. You go in deep south, you go to Fiji, mate, you're going from five degrees to thirty degrees. 25 degree difference there. It's hot, it's humid, the ball's slippery. The grounds are hard. The grounds are hard. You're going to get grass burned. Like, mate, it's a difficult place to play. And they're playing against a Fiji and Drua who have been away from home. $4.50? Get on. It makes no sense. Look, the get Highlanders on. might win, but the reality is you're getting probably three, uh, about two and a half dollar overs mm. at least. You, you give Fiji and, uh, any Fiji inside confidence. Particularly in their own backyard, they're struggling to sell tickets. I've seen they're only just selling, I think, just under five thousand. So they're hoping for a big walk-up crowd. But when you've got guys like Nisi Ratave on the wing, who's just scoring tries, left, right, and centre, beating defenders, and then you've got Fords doing grubber kicks, just playing like backs. You've got the skipper who plays number six. I think he's one of the stars of the of the season um, for Fiji and Drua, and not a, maybe the whole competition. Mele Delenlangi. He is so good. You watch him on the weekend. Go back and watch him against the Blues game. He was, he was good. fantastic. And the number eight's a big human too. Mm. They've got quality. And that's the thing. You don't know, you're you marking against a six, mate. He steps outside Geordie uh, Bowden Barrett, does a grubber for their wing. They catch it in the hooker schools. And the hooker schools down the right-hand side. And he side. could run. And he could run. <laughs> <laughs> how's, this for, how's this for a little $30 multi after what you guys have been talking today? Drew at $4.50. Invisible spirit into ideal down at Howard today. $30. Well, Jerry said Invisible Spirit Ideal double $6.75. Had a little play. Hope you are on today, LHW. Look, I always hope I've, I've had the on switch with me too, Jerry. Uh, I hope so. And Kempi, you're throwing the drawer in there. To be honest. No, I think the drawer are way overs after watching them against the Blues. And I, w- I was with Izzy. I watched mm. the game. I was mm. thinking, man, these guys can play. They can play. Oh, no, but, you know, playing in that um, Forsyth bar, I suppose that's real similar to playing in Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Because no. you get the condensation, which acts as the... Lily. Mate, go, <laughs> I tell you it. what. Stop it. It's like going up to Papua New Guinea, playing a test up there, you know what I mean? You're going from 15, 16 degrees here in New Zealand up to the Scaling islands. the fences to try and watch. Oh, mate. There are only question marks. And look, and this is where they actually match them with other sides as a set piece. They're actually really, really good at the set piece side, so they can scrum. The line-out's not too shabby. So they'll match the uh, the Hollanders there. It's the dish, it's, it's like kind of the unstructured style of play, and that's what they're going to do over in, in Fiji. They're going to be home. They're going to be sipping on Carver all week. Mick Burns got them firing. <laughs> Mate, I just I can't I can't see the Landers getting up. I can't. I'm honestly so close to making it my bit of the week at four dollars fifty. Great tweet, Lily. Yeah, it's it just I had to always look through the fields and just try and see if there's anything, and that just jumped off the paper. Look, ideal and invisible spirit. If you wanted to, if you wanted to stay alive and make sure you make it, and I think they're both going to win. Have a little invisible spirit, ideal place multi into Fiji draw a point start at least. That would be my bet, and I think you're looking. At, you're probably going to get something around. I imagine maybe three fifty four dollars. I think that's what would be really really tasty. Twenty one away from nine. Debbie from Property Apprentice. Then we get back to the Warriors text before the end of the show, and we hand the car keys to Smithy. You're listening to Bear Sizzy for breakfast. Back soon. Z. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SCNZ. We're 16 away from nine before we pass the baton over to Ian Smith. Smithy, 
to lead us through the rest of the morning. But right now, it's time to catch up with Debbie from Property Apprentice. Morning, Debbie. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Debbie, do you have any tips to help people manage rising interest rates? I've got a few in front of me. You've got 5.54 floating, and then you've got a two-year fix at 5.85. Three years at about 6, 6%. It's getting pretty crazy out there, pretty tough for, for many home buyers out there. Yeah, it is. Look, it's really tough for people who are looking at buying a home as mm. well as those people that already own their own home because obviously, you know, we're all in a situation of rising interest rates. And couple that with increasing inflation, it's just a nasty mix, isn't it? So I have got some tips for you for how to manage your interest rates. If you're not yet on the property ladder, make sure that you crunch your numbers to make sure you can still afford that mortgage if interest rates hit about 7%. Because the long-term average interest rate, if we look at the average one-year rate, it's over the last 20 years, it's about 6.5%, mm-hmm. and that's the average. Okay, So if you crunch your numbers on a 7%, then you should be able to manage your interest rate expiries from there. So my top five things that you can do to help manage increasing interest rates, if you've already got a mortgage, is um, for a start, you've got to expect that they're going to continue to increase for a while yet. So talk to your mortgage advisor. If you've got an interest rate coming up for expiry within the next year or so, talk to your mortgage advisor to see if it's worthwhile breaking your current rate in order to refix for a longer term before interest rates rise any further. Because we've got another OCR announcement in just a few weeks, and it's highly likely that that's going to increase the rates again significantly. And so the next thing you can do is um, talk to your mortgage advisor about splitting up your mortgage so you've got different expiry dates, if that makes sense, Mm. you know? Like if you've got one big mortgage, don't have it all coming off at the same time, split it up. So you might have some of it coming off in 12 months, some of it coming off in two years, some of it coming off in three years, for example, to sort of spread that load. Uh, What else have I got? So if you've got cash in a savings account, for example, there's better things that you can do with it because the interest rate in savings accounts is still next to nothing. So, you know, talk to your mortgage advisor about that as well. It could be that you pay a lump sum off your mortgage now to reduce your overall balance, or you might be better off to set up a revolving credit facility or an offset loan to help reduce your interest expense and help you pay that mortgage down faster. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. And your experience, where do you think the mortgage rates will get to, interest rates, I must say? How high are you expecting? Yeah, so m- most of the economists are expecting the interest rate cycle to peak at around 2024. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, about well, a few weeks ago, the the um, economists were all estimating that interest rates were going to peak at about 6.5%. Now they've all edged higher. Mm. You know, that's the thing we're trying to predict interest rate cycles. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> You know, it's like throwing darts into the into a blank abyss. But um, yeah, so I would I would expect for interest rates to get potentially even as high as seven point five. So you know, crunch your numbers around the seven percent and just play it safe. Oh, we appreciate you. You're probably scared off a few first home buyers out there, but it's a tough oh, situation. No, look, no, but a, a store buy market. We, there's still opportunities. Opportunity. There's still opportunities, yeah, Debbie. Absolutely. Because, like, if you've got a if you've got a high enough income that you can afford to pay a mortgage at seven percent interest rate, which, mm. to be fair, you should always crunch your numbers at around that mark anyway. Mm. Um, so, 
if you can afford to pay a mortgage at 7%, there's lots of people out there at the moment that can't, yep. right? So there's less competition from other buyers and your mortgage isn't going to increase. Hmm. You know, you can lock in an interest rate or split your mortgage up like I mentioned, yep. but get your foot on the property ladder when there's less competition. And, um, and lock in today's interest rates rather than, you know, hoping for prices to drop and yep. then having to pay a higher interest rate. Mm, nah, beautiful, Debbie. We appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sure you would have helped many of our listeners out there. And uh, life, that's what we like talking about on the show. Life is, is all part of it. And buying a house in the housing market is all part of that. So we appreciate you. Property Apprentice, helping Kiwis create better retirement plans. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome, scary, but it's good chat. It's a, it's a, like you're right. So it's sort of a story on the news last night, Izzy. That mm. um, this is becoming more of a party topic. So it used to be politics, and there was a survey done. But now property and finance and how much people are earning is becoming more and more prevalent, and people are feeling more and more comfortable talking about it. Yeah, it's it's just trying to get into forefront of everyone's minds and and just can come into terms with it. Everyone can be so scared about it, and and, and it is a scary prospect with interest rates rising, especially if you're just coming off now. I've seen a few things going around with people's uh, mortgages coming off back into floating and then the next ones are going to be fixed at like 6%. So it's a tough situation. And I saw last night with rental properties, rental um, prices have increased. I think the median range is about 600 bucks. It's crazy. 640. Like, mate, that's an average wage. Like, that's a weekly wage for for someone in the household. It's, it's tough. Uh, you know, um, good good time. And mm. well, if you've got a good employer to ask for a raise with everything going on, because seriously, the the cost of living is is getting out of hand. You think Kimpy. everyone here is asking for a raise? The the, the, the office is busy. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe Sam Thompson, the boss, is here. Great to see Sammy from Australia. Yeah, you think everyone's turned up on is time it, today? I, I don't even. I don't know half uh, those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got to introduce them myself to them Kimpy, this morning. Kimpy, you might want to introduce yourself back to the Warriors. You and Endo. Team, the oh. Warriors have had the Formula Run in the past and we have made the grand finals. Do they need to go back and speak with the coaches, managers of those teams to try to get some hints and tips? Why don't you get Ivan over to do a little seminar? Yeah, look, I, I think that's a really great idea. I, you know, that's this, this not a, a dumb idea. Mm. Um, but the problem is that people tend to move on. I think they they their egos take over. You know what I mean? Like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you can give a lot of good advice around how that success happened through 2000, uh, 2003, through Ivan's time, you know what I mean, when they had some success. And build. it's not it's not rocket science, Louis. It's pathways. <laughs> yeah. It's good recruitment. And it's, You're even you starting know, to get sick of your own voice. <laughs> I, man, I will, well, We're, we've spoken about this mm. so many times. And I, I've always asked Kempi about those times when in 2002 when we made the grand final, 2011. Like, you, you cook, players are changing, the jerseys change, the management change. But what one thing that never changes is the pillars. The pillars, what keeps this team identity, afloat, The identity, and that's... That's why I they should have Rambi an NRL team down. That's what it is. That's why they should have a team down where you live. Hundred percent. I think I I, th- I I love what you're saying there. And uh, like the other day we spoke about that, Kimpy. But I think you look at the Hurricanes when you had um, the, Mark Dave, Hammett. Mark Hammett go there and try and shape the Crusaders' identity to the Hurricanes. Did it fit? I th- I can understand what the Crusaders could do with the Warriors and a lot of pillars and a lot of things they could take away from the, the Crusaders environment. But I think we've got to try and mould the Warriors into the Warriors environment. And you know that better than anyone. Well, I think in 2024 the, the license, another licence comes up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think 
if they've got a uh, bid, it should go to Canterbury. Well, we'd like to see the Warriors win a bit more. I was more reading the comments t- last night, boys, and they were like, and you want comments. another team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's why they need. it's important that they win. You could call them the... Um, we call them uh, the Wymac Crew Slayers. There you go. Yeah. Seven away from nine. Ian Smith not far away. The Doyen coming up to sleep on it. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.